weren't sure we were going to be able to turn into the parking lot for the radio station for all the people that were still down here, and, and we got here uh, about an hour or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, well, it's not quite mizzle out there. It's more like snaying. It's snaying. Snaying? Yes, because it looks like snow, but it hits the ground as rain. Heather was snaying and mizzle. <laughs> that was one of my favorite old-time comedy teams. No. Right here on our stage, it's Snane and Mizzle. You know, there's medication for that. I can give you some <laughs> But I'm later. not taking it. No. <laughs> okay. I'm not coming We have it. a big show tonight. Oh, my gosh. We're here till 2, which will actually be 3. When huh? we fin- How when does we- that work? When we finish up, the sun will probably be coming up by the time we get home. If there is sun today. Uh, no, we have a full show, and uh, we're real excited. And can I just quickly give a shout-out to folks who are listening to us from all over? Sure. Jeff in Elkins, West Virginia, is tuned in tonight. Hey, Jeff. Jan in Waukesha. Boy, Wisconsin is representing tonight. Jan in Waukesha, Bruce in Milwaukee, Jack in Milwaukee. Uh, oh, we got uh, Karen and Carrie in Florida. And Jim is golfing in Scottsdale, but listening to his home station. That's pretty cool. And then Chicago. And I also want to find out, a little later tonight, maybe we'll open up the phone lines. I want to find out if we have anybody listening to us in Las Vegas or in California, not on the Internet, but the old-fashioned way, via your friendly local AM radio. Because there is a radio station that... When we were on Sunday nights, they used to go off for maintenance. And we would get calls from California because WGN Signal would get up. Well, that radio station just went dark within the past week. Yeah, really sad. So there is nothing on 720. So I'm wondering if we have people listening to us the old-fashioned way. Yeah, in Riverside, California, or even in Pasadena. Our guest later tonight, Patrick Crispin, our computer dude, is uh, listening from Pasadena. And speaking of Patrick Crispin, in fact, we should do a blatant plug for uh, several things we have coming up tonight. You're going to want to listen when Patrick is on. We're going to talk about AI voice cloning, and it is scary. You will hear Johnny and me say things we have never said. I'll be rapping tonight, which I've never done. Rapping Johnny. We're going to explain how voice cloning works. And I tell you, the first time I heard it, it totally freaked me out. So Patrick will join us tonight and talk about that. Your brother's going to join us to talk about... My favorite movie critic, uh, because the Oscar awards are tomorrow night. So Lee is going to join us and give his Oscar predictions. He's seen all the movies that have been nominated. And he has loved movies since he was born. And he knows stuff about movies, so we thought, yeah, we'll tap into him. Our uh, showbiz guru, Gino Salomon, the showbiz machino, will join us a little later. And we're going to meet uh, two people that we're very excited to meet and to introduce you to, uh, Monica Ng and David Hammond. They're authors of Made in Chicago, Stories Behind 30 Great Hometown Bites. Ooh, this is a terrific book. It is. It's terrific. a guidebook. Yeah. It's places to go and things to eat. And we have a team with us tonight in the studio. He's going to be with us all night long. And I just shared with him, don't forget, you get an hour off tonight. It's Gabe Salgado from our news department. You, you know, do you remember what the call letters were of that radio station that you say just went dark? Uh, uh, I, I can find it online. Yeah. But they were 7.20 a.m. Yeah. yeah. 
that, that would be fascinating if we were heard out there. Yeah. Because, you know, nowadays it's so easy to pick up, you know, put the app on your phone. Sure. Or, yeah. You know, go on the website and, you know, click the link that says listen. But yeah. that would actually be rather interesting if all of a sudden we're being heard out on the West Coast for no apparent reason. Well, one of the things we still love when we head down to our vacation home in Panama City Beach, Florida, turn on the radio in the middle of the night. There we are. Oh, we were driving. I'm actually, listening to you in the middle of the night. But we were driving uh, and listening to Lisa Dent. Oh, sure. She came from the, the Publix grocery store and driving down the road, and she was coming yeah. in great. And in the I, Publix parking lot in yeah. Panama City Beach, and Lisa was coming in like a local station. At about 5.30 in the evening. Yeah. We're on the same time zone, too. Also, and, uh, the, the, the antenna here is quite powerful. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> Actually, we just yell a lot. By the way, where the heck is Dan? What is Dan do? Dan, where are you? He, he's hiding down the hall. The, he, the keeper of the big plug, and yes. I, I worry when he's not here because I'm afraid he's going to pull the plug off. <laughs> I brought I brought gifts for the gang tonight. Gabe, you got your gift to take home for your breakfast. Yes, and uh, uh, also Andrew's on the other side of the glass, and he kind of holds the whole thing together. So we gave him a jar of apple butter so he can hold the show together with that. And um, Dan, the keeper of the big plug, where were you, Dan Long? <laughs> My <mic won't. laughs> you're oh, gonna move He's the engineer, and he's turned off his own mic. That's odd. <laughs> Okay. How's that? Is that anybody? That's great. That, that's, yeah. But why isn't that other one working? That's I don't know. Interesting. I am here though. The plug is in the wall, and I'm good okay. to go. Okay. And that jar in front of you is for you. Oh, thank you. You get your own jar of I love apple it. butter. Gabe is leaving us. It's something we said. Well, he's got to he, get he back just... to the newsroom. He, he <laughs> can't. That. He can't dawdle too long, Steve. <laughs> also in the newsroom is Ron Brown, and he's going to be with us for a couple of hours. Hey, hey Ron. Ron. Yeah. Hi, guys. Oh, it's just so. You know, it's just great to hear the opening of the show. There's so much positive energy. It's just a big smile on my face. <laughs> well, Happy good. to be here with you tonight. Well, thank you. Good. And enjoy good. your apple butter too. I will. There was another big smile right there. So and, the hits just keep coming. Did you read? Did you read my my labels that I had made for the top of the jar? I just I just saw that it said uh, from Johnny. Well, read what it says under there in finer print. Oh, okay. I mean, S- spreading the love. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> one apple, one jar of apple butter at a time. <laughs> I look forward to it. In fact, I should mention I will uh, repost that recipe because a lot of people hear this and they go, "Oh, yes. I want to make that too!" And so get you six pounds of apples and twelve hours of uh, spare time and. You can you can have your own apple butter. <laughs> so where were you this week? I saw a picture, Dan, of this this great shot of whatever you were drinking with a just a cozy little tavern. It was. I wish I had a better, uh, more interesting story. But I was just in the Chicago suburbs at my oh. own, uh, you know, hometown. Oh, a looked, couple of my hometown uh, taverns, and it looked like a Chicago place. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was, was a great shot. Yeah, <laughs> I said there are no women there, though. It's all guys hanging. Yeah, if I'm <laughs> if if I'm not in an interesting place or a place with women, at least I could take a decent looking picture. Right. All right. By the way, I'm going to bet you forgot your homework assignment. Oh, I di- I have it digitally though. If you need it, I sure. can get you the yeah. the Bruce Springsteen picture that yes. we talked yes. about last week. We want to make that legend. So. This is the picture of when Bruce came to Dan's house that's right. to get Dan's autograph. Yeah, yeah we right. just had a couple of uh, cups of coffee, and it was a very nice visit. Let's just leave yeah. it at that. Okay, yeah. we can make this work. <laughs> we have a huge show tonight. Uh, anything happens down the hall, you know where to find us, Dan. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. And on the other side of the glass is uh, Andrew B. And Andrew, you doing okay, Andrew. He's got a big week ahead of him, wait, right? Now, Andrew? why am I not hearing Andrew? Let me wait, 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 wait. Andrew should be uh, over here. Let me try this one. Is this Andrew? Hello. Hello. That's Andrew. Hello. Yeah. 
I said Andrew's got a big week next week because he's going to be working afternoons on the Lisa Dent show. Yeah, I have to, I have to do the day shift like a normal person instead of, yeah. you know, the graveyard shift. And he's got tomorrow to recycle himself so he can be awake on Monday afternoon. Is that yeah. the first time we've heard the words Andrew B. and normal in the same <laughs> sentence? <laughs> I think that's the first time I'm hearing that in the same sentence. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, hang around. We've got some surprises coming up tonight. Dan, I, I, listen, I'm going to remind you at 1 o'clock to turn up the monitors because when we start doing voice cloning, <laughs> You're it's going to freak you this. out. Hey, See, hey, this you... is stuff that I'm interested in because I've heard a couple of samples of these, and it's uncanny how it well, sounds like the real people. Th- th- we'll get it, it Patrick. We'll get Patrick to grab a couple of uh, words from you and put you through the system and have you say things that you'll go, "No, I never said I'd give you a thousand dollars." You know, really. I mean, it will. It, it's chilling, but we don't want you to be scared. We want to educate you, right? right. See, because it, there, there is a, a very specific reason we want you to listen to Patrick because we will tell you how to deal with this right right how, how to prepare yourself and it's nothing major you need to do it's just we don't want you to get punked yeah because there are bad people out there right now and they're taking the the, the program and going oh yay i can get people to give me money if i do this or that and so we're going to explain to you how that could work but right now we have some good people who are nice enough to spend some money on the radio station so we're going to let them have their say on wgn i wonder how many times over this weekend that song is going to be played and that is our not so subtle way of reminding you at two o'clock it's three o'clock that's right Uh, daylight saving time begins tonight or tomorrow morning and if you're like steve before you turn in tonight you will change all of your clocks or you will set your alarm to get up at two so you can when we get home i'm changing the clocks (laughs) i know you are Do not touch my clock in the bathroom. I like it to stay on standard time, and I work with it. I know how to deal with it. I know that sounds crazy, but at least half of the year, it's right. (laughs) So leave it alone. And again, that's why we have separate checkbooks. So what do you think, Congress? uh, We spend a lot of time down in Florida, and now Florida has decided that, you know, we're going to get rid of this daylight saving time. Uh, I guess it looks like Congress is once again going to address it. The nation is split. Half of us want standard time and half of us want daylight saving time. And I was shocked. I was reading today that uh, if we – there are parts of the country, including Chicago, that could end up having a sunrise as late as eight fifteen, eight thirty in the morning. Isn't that crazy? It would be yeah, lighter it, later in the evening, but – and as I've been reading some of these arguments, because I've always been on the same page with Orion Samuelson. Why change the clocks? It's like you, you pull the sheet up and you... No, it's the blanket theory, he would say. You cut a part of the blanket off the yeah. bottom, you sew it on the top, and you still have the same length of blanket. Yeah. And for years, I've I've been in the same camp with Orion. But more recently, I've heard some arguments about things like just what you said. But it... So, so there, is, there is an argument to be made for either one that's true and having worked tour one which is what the overnight shift was to us for three decades we called it tour one thanks to the uh, the folks out at o'hare airport the ramp Mm -hmm. rats it told us that's what they called it um i hated the time change because just having the sun there in the evening when i went to bed to get my quick nap in the evening was just so it took me the longest time to get used to that and then again 
coming home in the morning in bright sunshine. I didn't want to go to bed. It was so confusing. But I wonder, because we always talk about the uh, the number of crazy things that happen in rush hour when yep. the time changes. Yep. So I wonder if you had one time year-round, would it cut down on that? Because the drivers would get used to a gradual, the sun's here know. and then the sun's going away. That's a good question because having spent seven years doing traffic full-time here at WGN, I got to tell you, the week that the time change was dramatic. Mm-hmm. When it, on, on both sides of the On uh, both the sides in, in, the year. in the fall and in the spring because mm-hmm. suddenly people are driving to work and I don't have my sunglasses and the sun is in my eyes and it wasn't that way last week. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And there's actual proof that in fall, the number of deer deaths goes through the roof yeah. because I guess they're confused and they're looking for action anyway. So they run into the road. <laughs> <laughs> and and then there is, in fact, proof that we have accidents this week after the time change. We're just, you know, we're weird And beings. the time change on the heels of St. Patty's Day. <laughs> So shorter nieces, a bit of a model to figure it all out. It's daylight, 24 hours. Later on tonight, we're going to ask you, or you can text us anytime, and we'll integrate this into our conversation, 312-981-7200. Are you team DST, daylight saving time, or are you standard time? And I really think it depends upon where you live in the country. I know... Arizona, parts of Indiana, and Hawaii, they've been able to deal with a different time zone than the rest of us forever. Um, And I go back and forth. I'm like, eh, now that I'm not working this shift five days a week, maybe it would be good. But then again, we always hear this all started because of the train. The people that were dictating we have this change was for train schedules, and I think we've just been and blaming it. I forgot it. why that was. I don't know. I think we've been blaming it on them for all these years, and it really doesn't. It, it doesn't need to be blamed on any one group. It's like, wait a minute. We as a society now have to blame someone, someone for you're everything. Right. You're right. You're right. It's their fault. Well, it's like the puddles. We've blamed truckers for a hundred years. Oh. And you get on Lakeshore Drive, and it's just nothing but a stream of potholes, yeah. and truckers aren't allowed out there. Hello. There goes your theory. But By the way, hmm. I'm going to put a, a kind of a sidebar to that. Speaking of, of, of driving and potholes and things, yes, there is one piece of technology that I didn't know I would like as much as I like it now. Mm-hmm. We drove – we recently got a new car. And the car has the kind of technology where it kind of reads the road in front of you. Tonight is the first time we drove it down Lakeshore Drive. And while we still felt the bumps, they were nowhere near as jarring as in tons of cars that we've been road testing for years. So my point is not to say, oh... Uh, get the kind of car we got it doesn't matter what you get the point is the technology is advancing to the point where the cars actually can kind of read the road and adjust the suspension appropriately so you you are not as jarred as you would normally be so that's just what the city wants to hear yay we can get the cheapest peanut butter because Uh, now the the smart cars will be able to deal with it i shouldn't have said that yeah 
Oh, in fact, later on tonight, we're also going to talk about, speaking of cars, this huge project that's coming to the Kennedy Expressway. Oh, And I my thought gosh. we just got done with a oh, huge project. This is going to be life-changing for the next three years. If you travel the Kennedy, 9094, literally, you better be thinking about routes that you can take, like Lakeshore Drive. Okay, okay I'm trying to put a positive spin okay. on, on this, too. I was surprised because we uh, a couple weeks ago we went out to my brother's in Munster and we took the Kennedy. I'm impressed with the downtown interchange, how that has been changed yes. around the, the Jane Byrne interchange. That is significantly better yes. than it was before all the construction. I hated the construction, but they've done good. Yep. Okay, the voice in my head is telling me to shut up. So <laughs> I will, and uh, while I shut up, you can hear this. You're going to gain some calories in this hour. <laughs> yes, one of our favorite subjects. We're talking about food. Actually, two of our favorite subjects, food and the city of Chicago. Yeah. There is a new book, Made in Chicago, Stories Behind 30 Great Hometown Bites. And with us in the studio tonight is Monica Ang and David Hammond. And we cannot believe... That all these years, and David, right in front of you, there's a panel. There's a little, uh, little panel, and there's a volume be. control. Yeah. We were busy yeah. flapping our jaw, so we didn't even tell Got our it. guests how to get situated in yeah. here. Yeah, we did a whole show off the air <laughs> during did. the newscast. <laughs> because we've, uh, we, wish you were here. Yeah. Yeah. We have been in the vicinity <laughs> for years and never actually met each other. Monica, you have been, uh, we were talking off the air about the fact that you were with the Tribune. Yeah, for 16 years. For 16 years, in the same building with us yeah. all those years. Uh, you're now with a former uh, colleague of ours, a good friend, Justin Kaufman, doing Axios Chicago. That's right. That's a cool gig. It's so fun. And that's five days a week you're putting out? Well, we would just moved to seven days a week. So oh, yeah. That's why I look so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and you look great on the radio. Oh, so Yeah, I've got the face for it. Oh my! And the um, and we were also talking off the air about where we were born and raised. And you're Chicagoan, uh, a product of CPS, That's as right. I am. Yeah, my grandfather went to CPS. My parents went to CPS. My kids went to CPS. Yeah. So. yeah. And your northwest side, northwest side, or northwest side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lane Tech. We were we were Lane Tech kids. Were you in my generation? Okay. My parents were Sen. I'm Sen. Oh. Oh, yeah. maybe you knew him. I grew up in Andersonville, in Old oh. Town in Andersonville. And then uh, also with us in the studio is David Hammond. David, been with the Tribune. Okay. And now we can read. You're a new city now, writing. I'm dining and drinking editor at New City. Mm-hmm. But for a few years, I had a column in the Sun-Times called Food Detective, right. where oh, I yes. sought out right. kind of yeah. interesting stuff to, yeah. to write yeah. about, both nationally and internationally. So between the two of you, we have literally years of food journalism, right? Yeah, that's true. You've, you've probably encountered every weird food in the world through your travels. We seek them out, actually. Yes, yes. And so now you're writing with New City, mm-hmm. um, born and raised in Chicago, out of Elmhurst, and presently out of Oak Park. So yep. you still kept this as your, your roots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Well, congratulations now, on your beautiful book. Well, it, it, and I'm full disclosure. I'm going to be really honest with you guys. Uh, Johnny stumbled across the book first, and the book is called Made in Chicago, Stories Behind 30 Great Hometown Bites. And initially I thought, oh, okay, Johnny wants to do it, so we'll do it. It's a book about food. (laughs) He's being honest. I'm just being real honest. Then I started reading it. 
What a fascinating book because it's it yes it is about the foods but it's about how the foods ended up here developed and it's the histories of the people this is a wonderful book oh, congratulations well, thank, you. thank you very much thank you it's just and I, I, your goal with the book is to make it so that you can carry it with you it can be like a guide right, right. we uh we kept the size down mm-hmm. uh we made the the font size a little, little bit smaller than I thought than that you. was just me. I was like, <laughs> no, no, oh, okay. Uh, and so that it will fit in a purse, yeah. a backpack, a glove compartment, maybe your back pocket or your coveralls, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Um, so you can use it as guidebook. And we put in the addresses of places in Chicago, restaurants and roadside stands and so on, where you can buy the items that we talk about. Or, as you tried this weekend with taffy grapes, you recipes so you can make them at home. Make them at home, yeah. That was a great element to each one of the chapters, too. Now, you guys split the the, the 30, so 15 and 15, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you get one pizza, and, and David gets the other pizza. He gets deep dish, <laughs> and you get thin crust. <laughs> okay, on, on the word pizza, I'm going to hit the pause button. We have to take a break. Yes. And uh, we'll come back and uh, talk pizza and more on WGN. Dick Biondi, yes. the Wild Italian, with a song that he actually uh, made popular on the radio. Yeah. Uh, yep. on top of a pizza. When we said pizzas, mentioned uh, quite beautifully in the book with with two chapters on the thin crust or tavern pizza, mm-hmm. and the deep dish pizza that we're known for. He said, "Yeah, that gives us the excuse to play a little bit of Dick Biondi." So, Monica uh, and you had the tavern pizza. I never called it tavern pizza; it was just pizza, right? And you know, the the people who sort of grew Grew up with it, and the families that made it, they said, "We just thought of it as pizza too." Uh, they they never even really had this stuffed, or um, they never really had deep dish in their home. It was just what their families made. But this was a style that came out of the post World War II period when a lot of taverns were getting these things called gas ovens, and uh, the gas oven maker said, "You can make a lot of money and get people to drink more beer if you serve them this really cheap to make." Uh, snack mm-hmm. and you don't need plates and you don't need forks because you can hold it like a saltine cracker <laughs> and they started doing it and it became a really really popular thing in Chicago taverns what was the restaurant that you write about that would leave their crust out for days so it would be like a cracker Pat's Pat's, Pat's lets it sit for three days to get really dry and That's really brilliant crispy. I love that oh yeah oh yeah but what work to go into it you know yeah. it's oh. not just uh, it's there's nothing like the edges with a little bit of ketchup mm-hmm. <laughs> that's eaten and my favorite vision of that kind of pizza is when you would walk into a Woolworths and there was that carousel that had the hot light on it and they would open that little plexiglass door right. and they'd take out a slice and put it on the wax paper and give it to you and it was like 75 cents wow. and I was like oh that's the best you know and that was a meal one yeah. slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. I don't need to eat a whole pizza. Yeah, of course. But then when you get to deep dish, and that's what you covered, right, David Hammond? I did. Mm-hmm. That is something that has been the, the, the basis of fights yes, it, since I, the first deep dish. It has. I was on this show, or in this studio, about two mm-hmm. years ago, and Steve Delinsky was here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louisa Chu from the Tribune. And we were talking about deep dish, and Steve said, and at the time I, I pretty much believed it, I still do, um, that if you walk down the line at Uno's, the line of people waiting uh-huh. to get in, and you ask them where they're from, nine out of ten will be out-of-towners or yep. tourists rather than native Chicagoans. Yep. Although I've mentioned that to a lot of native Chicagoans, and they go, oh, I don't know, I love the stuff. Yeah. And as, as a Chicagoan, formerly native, um, 
when I was 18, I could eat maybe half a deep dish pizza. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000 calories at a sitting, no problem. <laughs> um, but as I get older, it's a little bit harder to get one slice down. Uh-huh. And I think it's just a... It's a lot of food. I think it appeals to young people, specifically yeah. young men, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, more than more than others. But well, I, ha- I have to underscore your story about people coming from out of town. A friend of ours, Pat Powers, who is a broadcaster from, I believe, Iowa. Uh, Iowa. He had a birthday. He was going to New York. He planned it, so he stopped in Chicago to go to Uno's to get some deep dish pizza. Then he went on to New York. And wow. then coming back, he stopped at uh, Gino's. Coming yeah. back, he wanted to, wow. and he put pictures up on Facebook. Here I am getting my fix of pizza, and it's become the greatest gift we can give to our neighbors in Florida. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, oh yay, right. we get a taste of Chicago. That's, they had deep crazy. dish pizza, Chicago hot dog, yes. and Italian beef are like the triumvirate of yeah. uh, Chicago <laughs> yes. foods, yes. and that's what people associate Chicago with. And so, in our book, we're trying to come up with twenty-seven other foods right. in the city that. Many Chicagoans have never heard of, let alone out-of-towners. Well, uh, let me just grab one that surprised me. And, and, and let's back up a little bit. We have a mixed marriage. Steve is Southside. Southside guy, Northside North side girl, girl. But I have converted her to being a Sox fan. Okay. Don't well hold done. that against me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting. When I'm reading the book, I said, Steve, did you ever hear of this? Because there is a division between Northside and oh, Southside oh, when yeah. it comes to division. food. Yes, it sure is. It was incredible. I'm like, I've been here for 60 plus years and I've never heard of these things because they're Southside things. Steve, have you ever had a mother-in-law, which is a Southside thing? Marquette Park, specifically. I've, 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 I've never had it, but I've, mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the big baby is all over the south side. Yes. It's a double yeah. cheeseburger, but you go on the north side and say, hey, I'd like a big baby, and they, they look at you. <laughs> yeah. like, well, Don't look at me, then. lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about the the gym shoe? Gym shoe is almost exclusively south side thing. Um, probably developed somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s at, at submarine shops, which also have euros there. But on the south side, it's called gyro. Yes. Um, and it's it's a mix of Italian beef, uh, corned beef, and euros. And then you chop it up on a grill, and you put jardinera in there, sometimes onions, and you get it so it's nice and crispy on the outside. And then you put it in a roll with what you can call gyro sauce or tzatziki and some tomatoes. And if you're really lucky, a place will take all of that and wrap it in a big flour tortilla and roll it up like a giant egg roll and then lower it gingerly (laughs) into the fryer and it's called a super crispy gym shoe. Uh, it's a giant flavor bomb. You can see how someone at a at a hoagie stand oh. thinking, what what can I make that's a little bit different? Yeah. yeah. Why don't I take some of that roast beef and some of that euros meat and so mm-hmm. on, put it all together, throw some sauce on the top, give it a funny name, and it, they usually come. Monica, correct me if I'm wrong. As a package deal with canned pop. Yeah, and fries. I don't think I've ever seen it served without fries. And it's canned pop, not canned pop, not canned can pop, pop, but mm-hmm. canned pop. Canned pop, yeah. Well, uh, that, that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite places for hot dogs that was on the south side. Carl's Hot Dogs. Ooh, where? And you, on uh, ooh, 87th, or was it, no, 83rd, just off of uh, the Angle Street commercial. Oh, wow. And I used to go there after gigs because they were open real late in the morning. 
and you would get wonderful hot dogs with, with all kinds of stuff, and it was uh, it would come in this wonderfully greasy bag with French Heavy fries, with fries yeah. burying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just wonderful. Were the fries mixed in with the dog, like wrapped with the? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Well, uh, like a gene and juice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. And Superdog does the same thing. You've yeah. got the box and you've got mm-hmm. the fries and yeah. they get all warm. And speaking of Superdog, you write about in the book um, uh, about the tor- uh, tamale. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, that's Chicago corn roll tamale. Mm-hmm. Is that not something that you can get in every other city? I don't. Well, it comes from Chicago. I mean, Supreme. And uh, TomTom Tom are, yes. are Chicago companies. Right. So it's pos- And they freeze them. Yes. And you can buy them in grocery stores, so it's conceivable they could be sold at grocery stores in other cities. Right. So that's like Vienna hot dogs. You can get them in other cities. You just can't get the green relish that you need to go right. on that hot dog. <laughs> the glow-in-the-dark relish. Right. Yeah, and they are things that uh, like a, an Italian beef stand or a hot dog stand would sell because you you could just keep them around, keep them in the same steamer with mm-hmm. the hot dogs, yeah. and someone will order them, which is honestly kind of a problem these days because they're, they're not apparently aren't selling like they used to. And oh. the last few that I've bought have clearly been warmed up and cooled and oh. warmed up, so they're kind of hard and not so awesome. Oh, Incidentally, truth be told, I don't think they're very awesome to begin with. I, oh. I really like uh, Mexican tamales, I mean traditional, yeah. wrapped in a banana leaf or a corn husk yeah. or whatever. Um, I, I was telling a Mexican gentleman last night about Chicago corn roll tamales, and when I said, and it's extruded from a machine, yes. I could see his eyes go like, Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And yet it's one of my favorite. uh, It's a nostalgic, yeah, Yeah. it's a nostalgic thing. I remember eating it when I was a kid and just kind of loving it. Again, it's wax paper. Yeah, right, or parchment? No, not plastic. They're putting them in plastic. plastic Supreme is putting theirs in plastic. Really? Um, I'll tell you how it, it, a really good way to have that tamale, that type of tamale, is in Chile. Uh, mm. I had they call it's called a tamale boat. We didn't, I think I mentioned it in, mm-hmm. in passing in the book. But if you have a pretty good chili and you maybe even cut up the tamale and oh. put it in there, you have kind of like corn dumplings, Ooh. cornmeal dumplings in the chili, which is a great combination. Yeah. Um, at, yeah, tamale boat. They usually put uh, cheese on top and mm-hmm. like sport peppers and onions and stuff like that. It's a, it that I like. That is that is how I like my Chicago corn roll tamales. Now, so that we get the corn roll tamale to, to feel some love, the places that you would recommend we we try the corn roll ta- tamale. Well, they hit. I think most Italian beef stands or even hot dog stands would have them, like Johnny's. Or but I feel like it's Al's. like a second thought. Like you it have is, to, it, and they're disappearing. They're not in all yeah. hot dog stands, and it's. To Fill up that extra little bit of yes. belly real estate that may be empty <laughs> after you have your Italian beef. Just in case there's yeah, any there's room a, left. I like got an inch there. or two left. Pack a corn roll tamale in there. <laughs> but just the vision of it being extruded just yeah. kind of makes right. me Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although it can be made delicious. So That just word is a lot like moist. You know, it's like, ew. <laughs> Give me the willies. <laughs> We're talking about Made in Chicago, stories behind 30 great hometown bites. If you're born and raised in Chicago, you might be raising an eyebrow going, well, everybody has this. No, trust me. Get out of Chicago. You'll be surprised. Try to find uh, green relish, for example. Mm -hmm. I tried to, to make Chicago dogs in Florida for friends. Couldn't find it. But remember, what was it, about 10 years ago that a place opened up 
in Panama City Beach. A Chicago policeman, yes. And it's called Chicago Dogs. Oh. And he has to get the green relish shipped to yeah. him. From Vienna, maybe? Yep, from yeah. Vienna. Yeah. Right. I was, uh, years ago, I was in Paris, and I was walking down the street. I had just had lunch. I went by a place that advertised Chicago hot dogs, and it's like, I gotta stop and yeah, see how yeah. they do it. And they did a pretty good job. The really? sausage was good. They had the relish. They had the kind of really? glow in the dark relish. They had little peppers. They weren't exactly sport, sport peppers, peppers, but close enough. But the bread was fantastic because wow. it's France. Yeah. <laughs> They do a good job with bread. (laughs) We have with us in the studio David Hammond and Monica Eng. They're the authors of this book. We're going to tell you how you can get your hands on it. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Puppet at WGN Radio with greasy fried food. I know. Is there anything better? And I'm going to start chewing on this microphone. Yeah, We were just telling Monica and and David off the air that we didn't have any dinner before we came in tonight. And we're so hungry right now. Literally salivating as we're talking about Made in Chicago stories behind 30 great hometown bites that is this beautiful book written by monica ang and david hammond and and david you've got a brown paper bag over there and it scares me i do and it's if you're hungry this is what used to be called chicago mix but can now only be called by garrett's garrett mix or something like that that's right chicago mix the name was acquired by a minnesota company called candyland so now anybody that was selling uh, a mix of caramel corn and cheese corn and calling it Chicago mix has to start calling it something else. And that covers like shy style or Chicago style or any mm-hmm. variation on Chicago mix. It, did you, I'm not sure if you read the chapter yeah. that pointed to uh, Gene Siskel as yeah. being perhaps the kind mm-hmm. of inspiration for it because he would get popcorn before he went to a movie and he'd go to Garrett's and he saw some guy doing what at first he thought was a disgusting thing, so which was asking for caramel corn and yeah. cheese corn to be combined in one bag. And Siskel said, I know it sounds bad, but you should really try it. The mix of sweet and savory is mm-hmm. wonderful, which I kind of think it is. I oh, mean, I, yeah. I really like that combination of the two. It, wor- it works for me. I love I love the fact that you told the story about how the name had to change, because I didn't realize it. And you're not going to get us to say anything other than <laughs> the Chicago mix. That's just the way it is. It's yeah. like, yeah, is it Sears Tower? Is yes, it Comiskey yes. Park? Is it Willis? <laughs> really? No. Nope. I mentioned that this is a book, yes, about food, but also some of the wonderful stories. And I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit on one of my favorite stories. I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, the Akutagawa Actually, yeah, the, the, the stress is on the ah, so, ah, kutagawa. It's uh, yeah, it's it's basically an omelet with hamburger meat and onions and green peppers and bean sprouts, but it started in a little restaurant uh, in Wrigleyville called Hamburger King, and it happened in, a, in when Wrigleyville had a large Japanese American mm-hmm. community of folks who had been uh, forcibly interned and then forcibly relocated to Chicago. Chicago was the number one spot where after World War II, uh, Japanese Americans were brought to, and they were told not to be Japanese. They said, for your own good, mm-hmm. you know, be American as possible and don't congregate. 
And so uh, the Sato family opened up Hamburger King, a very, you know, American <laughs> restaurant. American. Yeah. But there's the Nisei Bar, which is still there, uh, just two doors down in Wrigleyville. And a gentleman named George Akutagawa used to drink there and, and watch Cubs games and then come over to Hamburger King. And he asked his friend, um, hey, can you take, you know, some of the green pepper and onions and, and hamburger and mix it up with some eggs and throw some bean sprouts in there? And um, and everyone's like, well, what's he eating? And they mm-hmm. said, well, it's just something George likes. We'll call it the Akutagawa. <laughs> and uh, so everyone started ordering it. And when the restaurant changed hands and became um, uh, what was uh, people called it Sonia's and Chester's, and now it's called Rice and Bread in the same spot, they still serve it. And their chefs who've moved to other restaurants serve it there. And the Akutagawa is uh, is memorializing George uh, decades and decades later. That's cool. And there's a picture of him in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I got a little emotional just just reading that story. I mean, I love some of the backstories that that you guys research. Well, was there any one story that, as you were putting the book together, that really kind of stuck with you? That was like, whoa. Somebody I, I you didn't met too that was going to go. Well, there. the Italian beef story. When I talked to uh, Chris Pacelli, who's the nephew of Al Ferrara, who started Al's Number One Beef, mm. uh, who explained that, in his words, this Italian beef thing was kind of started by a bunch of half-assed mafia guys. <laughs> his, his description mm. that his uncle started offering Italian beef as a front for a bookie operation, and. After a while, this Italian beef thing started catching on. People were liking it, and he didn't want to risk what was becoming a going business concern by getting busted and going back to jail mm-hmm. <laughs> for uh, for running an illegal gambling operation. But the likely roots of Italian beef are from Italian. In fact, it should be called Italian American beef because you're mm-hmm. not going to find it in Italy anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Italian beef to uh, to an Italian; they're not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but the uh, Italian. In fact, I, my my family on my mother's side, when they came to the United States, lived on Taylor Street. They had a little pharmacy shop oh. there, so I have some kind of personal connection there. And when people would have weddings there, and money was tight when you know for immigrants, particularly come to this country, they're you know starting out at jobs and mm-hmm. not being treated very well, and so they have. They had when they had a wedding, they would have what was called peanut weddings. That is, they would actually serve peanuts there because that, that's what they could afford. But then somebody had the brilliant idea, well, why don't we just get a big piece of beef, <laughs> cut it really thin, have a lot of jus or juice that would go with it. Gravy. We'll get some Italian gravy, right, mm-hmm. the Italian mm-hmm. phrase for it. Cut it up, and, you know, in little, and that's what we'll serve. And it'll, it'll feed a crowd for probably more expensive than peanuts, but mm-hmm. less expensive than a lot of banquet fare. And because that was there... It, who knows who started that? And with so many of these dishes, it's hard to pinpoint who exactly started them. Like, for instance, uh, chicken Vesuvio or shrimp de jong for that. For that. Mm. The, the de jong brothers or restaurant Vesuvio put those items on the menu first. They put it on the menu. Does that mean they invented it? Uh, really, over over the years, it never occurred mm-hmm. to Italians or Greeks to put potatoes and chicken together, or or peas, or and peas, which is a controversial point. I mean, yeah. Some people, I, I like it with peas, but some people don't. I mean, it's these recipes vary from restaurant. Now, the to only restaurant. place I ever had chicken Vesuvio, I ever saw it on the menu, was the Italian Village. 
Yes. And that would probably be in the 70s. And, and I, it was a thing. I mean, chicken Vesuvio and with the peas. And they may have, they, uh, they may have invented it, too, they mm-hmm. say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. you know, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt because it's hard to determine who exactly did. Now, Saganaki. I know you can get Saganaki, a fabulous Greek appetizer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in Greece you can get, but it's not going to be like our Saganaki. Not going to be flaming, no. No, and it's not going to be the same cheese. Mm, They usually use a hard cheese that won't melt in the pan. So Mm -hmm. there there are... Kessari is one cheese they use, and there Mm -hmm. are a few others that are are pretty dense. So you can put them in a pan, warm them up, light them on fire, and they won't melt. Uh, Your chapter in Saganaki took me back to working at the Town & Country restaurant on Ridge. Uh, Now, there were two Town & Countries owned by Greek brothers, Ted and... um, Tony Smith. Good Greek names. <laughs> you know, the Smith brothers. Ted Smith. And one was, um, Tony's restaurant was on the Kennedy Expressway, and you saw it. The town oh, yeah. Country. Beautiful. It became a like blockbuster a, video at one yes, point, I think, right? Yes. And the, the architecture was great. It was very Frank Lloyd Wright, very mid-century modern. And then on the north side, where there is now a white castle, was the restaurant that I worked at. And at 17 years old, when someone would come in and say, we're having Sakunaki, I would be like... You know what? The French onion soup is so good, really. And you, and the shrimp cocktail. I hated flaming. Oh, you had to do it. Oh, I had to do it at the table, and I'm like, oh. And I love Saganaki. I know, but I could see how it'd be scary. It was so scary, and I just knew I was going to burn somebody's hair or something. but, I prefer mine flamed, honestly, yeah, even though that's not the traditional way. If I'm being served, I want it flamed. It seems, and I think it, when I'm at restaurants where they don't flame it, I almost feel like something's missing. Yes. Like a, the, the experience isn't complete. Uh, although I recognize it's not the authentic Greek way, but it's the Chicago way. So who started it in Chicago? Well, Parthenon or Diana's? That's Diana's. the dispute. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people feel... The Parthenon. I, I kind of tended toward Diana's because it was led by that colorful character, Petros Kajones, who uh, I have an anecdote in the book that Harry Mark Petrakis, a Chicago author, related to me. He, he passed away just recently, too. Um, he, uh, he, he, this guy was a character. Petros was a character. I remember we waited in line to get in Diana's, and he'd be there with his, yeah. with his disco shirt on and the medallions, <laughs> kissing all the ladies, handing out Uzo. And uh, Petrakis family went in to Diana's after they had already eaten. And, uh, Pet- and Petros, who knows Petrakis, he's a Greek-American author, so he had written books that have, well, most Greek-Americans probably are familiar with if they haven't read. Um, and they, he asked them, you know, with Petrakis family, what would you like to eat? And they said, oh, you know, we just came in to say hi. We've already eaten petros pulls out a gun from under his apron holds it to yes. his head and says if you don't order something i will shoot myself and uh, they ordered pastry and petros lived and oh. they were happy ever. <laughs> to tell the story oh that's a great one on, on that happy note uh we'll take a, a break and be back with more stay with us at wgn we're talking about food and we're talking about a book that belongs in your collection made in chicago stories behind 30 great Hometown Bites. Monica Ng and David Hammond are in the studio with us. The blatant plug light has just gone on in the studio. So if people want to get the book, where should they go? What should they do? Well, you can get it any any place, but you know Amazon is very convenient for some. You can go to the University of Illinois Press uh, site and get it from there. Um, and it's going to be in all the stores. Barnes and Noble has yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and there's the Barnes and Noble in Old Orchard. It's quite yes, beautiful. Yes, it just reopened. Yeah, and wow. that's so cool. A question for both of you. I'm going to start with you, Monica. 
after you went to the various places, you, you wrote about all these things, what was the thing that after going there and trying it, you said, oh, i got to stay here longer. I, I have to have more of this. <laughs> oh, well, so much. But um, my favorite is the hibarito. I'm, I'm, I'm part Chinese, part Puerto Rican and Peruvian. And it's a, it's a uh, Puerto Rican Chicago dish. It's, it's a steak sandwich originally, but instead of bread, you use fried plantains. So you get a green mm-hmm. plantain, smash it, fry it, and then fry it again. And it's like having a big nutty french fry as your bread. And when that's hot mm. and crisp and right out of the fryer and smeared with a little garlic, it's the most wonderful thing ever. Oh. And you know, I, I love the story that this guy was down and out. He was on his last business before he was just going to give it up. No customers were coming in. He was near a northern division and uh, and he he tried out the sandwich on his dad's advice and suddenly the customers just started pouring in and everybody started copying him and and Sox players and Cubs players and visiting Dominicans and Puerto Rican uh, uh, baseball players Hmm. would come and ask for it and it really uh, it changed his life that's cool David same question for you Uh, the 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 thing that when you went there you said oh I gotta have more of this before I leave Just, just a few more you may be surprised to hear this um Taffy grapes were one oh. of the things I had that I really liked, and I was sorry that I walked away with only one little container of it because <laughs> I had to ration it over the next few days. And for those who don't know, and I'm guessing that means most of you out there, uh, taffy grapes are seedless green grapes. They're dipped in either frosting or maybe white chocolate. It's usually some white kind of sweet mixture, mm-hmm. and then it's rolled in nuts. And I think they're called taffy grapes because... They're kind of like taffy apples, right. which have mm-hmm. a sweet coating, and then nuts on top, or affy tapples, we call mm-hmm. them in Chicago, right. which is a right. Chicago thing. Um, I like it after, I had it at a sweet steak place. I went to one, stopped at one of those steak and lemonade places, mm-hmm. and I, it wasn't a sweet steak, but it had mild sauce on it. It was kind of sweet. Uh, and it was a big thing, and it was kind of like an Italian beef, and it was slightly spicy. So to have those sweet, fresh grapes after something like that, with the sweetness enhanced from the frosting that's on top, the crunchiness of the nuts seems so perfect for me as yeah. a little snack. And for a place like the steak and lemonade joints, mm-hmm. they keep for like three weeks when they're refrigerated. <laughs> uh, you don't need any special equipment to serve them. And they are a dessert that people can offer what? besides like ice cream or something Because like I was going to make them. They are, in fact, labor-intensive. Because you're dipping each one. There's no, no machine, machine that no does machine that. No machine does it. Yeah. No, it has to be handmade, handcrafted, so where artisanal, can be, if where, you will. Where can people get them today? Uh, well, at the, I got mine, the ones I brought today, at the uh, a steak and lemonade place on Madison. There are two on Madison. Um, I, you can also drive down to Allsip where, the, where they mm-hmm. make some. Although I noticed that on this package that I brought today, there's a new address on there. It's 111th Street. There's no name of a company on there. This could be made in somebody's kitchen. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Mm. Um, so a lot I, of Southside fast food places. I believe yeah. Nikki's right off the expressway is another one. The place that mm-hmm. sells them, yeah. By, by the way, be, before we run out of time, wasn't there an experiment we were going to try and, and involving Monica? Oh, and, and Malort. Uh, oh, yeah. And Malort. Malort. And, I brought uh, a little bottle of Malort. Mon- Monica meet Malort. Never Malort meet Monica. Now, I, I grew up in Andersonville, and so I, I'm like, what? You mean I've never experienced Malort? Because it, isn't it, it's got its roots 
in Swedish. In, in Swedish, Swedish yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think historically the Jepsons brought it to this country and in in Sweden it was used to the kill Jepsons brought it Jepsons <laughs> oh. it, it was to kill George and Jane yeah, exactly. it was to kill the parasites in your stomach oh that's originally it's well the it's contains wormwood? wormwood in fact malort means wormwood in Swedish oh. and it's it's included in it's that's also found in absinthe wormwood yes. is uh, which was thought to drive people mad mm-hmm. uh, in fact the reason absinthe was banned in Europe and the United States for a long time was that this French guy had allegedly consumed a lot of absinthe and killed his family. Mm. True? Who knows? Yeah. But it was because of the... the uh, wormwood. The wor- Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The wormwood and the thujon in the wormwood that allegedly caused that, that brain malfunction. So should I still have yeah. a sip of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because this is uh, watching the Kelly Clarkson show recently. She had a Chicago actor on from Chicago Fire and she goes, oh, let's do the Chicago handshake. And I'm thinking the what? Mm-hmm. And it's Malort with an old style. That's yeah. what she yeah. had. And I've heard that you can do it Boilermaker style, oh, which would mean like awful. dropping the oh. absinthe in there. Well, have you ever tried Malort? Uh, no, and I won't uh-huh. be. Okay. I got a long show ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a picture of Monica okay. with a little <laughs> bottle of Malort. Now, is that Jepson's, that little bottle? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I understand wow. you got to be selective. It's like cough medicine. I don't think it's made by another uh, manufacturer. Did you just Jepson's. try it? I did for the first look time. Look at that face. Yeah, super bitter. It's called oh. Malort face. Oh, so there you go. You can look for it on, on Instagram, hashtag Malort face. It's pictures of people now, having their first sip of Malort. Our producer, Andrew B., is, is paying uh, He's a bartender. serious attention to when this. When he's not uh, here, yes. Andrew, fact, you, you have a comment about this? Uh, he told us last week about accidentally giving some... I can't believe some, y'all are making her try it alone. It's, it's a group thing. It's such I'm a group activity. Oh, okay. oh, it's a group activity. <laughs> Oh, That's boy. great. I'm feeling guys, very alone. We have to do this again. <laughs> you didn't put much of a dent in it there, Monica. <laughs> there are 30 foods that they write about in the book, and we absolutely have to do this again because the book is so much fun. It really is a guide that you can throw in your glove box, in your backpack, give it to your friends when they come to town. But it, it's also, along with learning about the foods of Chicago, you learn about a lot of Chicago history. You do. Yeah. Uh, and you realize that even though we're all the same, when it comes to Northside, Southside, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of differences in us. But, but you Separation. can learn about the Southside. Northsiders yes. should go to the Southside and try those things, and Southsiders should come to the Northside and try our yes. stuff, too. Absolutely. And Northsiders should go to the Southside where they know how to count their streets. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he always uses the way Ashland crosses on Clark Street. Does this, see, we yeah, don't do that? this. We don't do this on the Southside. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You guys, thank you so much thank for joining us. Thank you. Johnny. Yeah. Steve. Will you guys promise to come back sometime? Absolutely. Sure. Thank you. And the book is Made in Chicago, Stories Behind 30 Great Hometown Bites, under 20 bucks. You can get your hands on it. Amazon, your favorite bookstores, do that. You'll love it. Rainbow Cone, we didn't talk about that. There's so many oh, things we didn't boy. talk about, but uh, we'll get them back time. in here. Thank you. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to get a little showbiz report yeah. with, uh, with Gino, the showbiz machino. And we've also got uh, Patrick Crispin will be joining us. And, uh, voice cloning. Ooh, we're going to do voice yes, cloning. Voice cloning.
Have you guys heard about voice cloning? No. It's very scary. So you have to listen. Oh, this is, I yeah. think I know what it is. In fact, we're going to take your voices, and we may make you say things you didn't know oh, you were going to say. Deep fake time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So deep fake and more. Stay with us at WGN. Once again, it's time for us to take a look into the private lives of those who inhabit the big and small screens and find out just how big or small they really are. And here with all the pertinent poop is the pertinent, pertinent poopmeister, poop his own bad self, Gino Gino, the, the showbiz, showbiz machino. Why does that make me so happy? You mastered it like the first time you said it. Amazing. Yes. I love and, hearing it. And word I didn't, for word. And I didn't even have the script in front of me this time. <laughs> and he's looking at me, cueing me with a small... Um, we actually started... We started visiting on the radio decades ago. Do you realize that? Decades. Yes. We yes, were... I was put on a basket on your front porch and you raised me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it was that or that trained monkey that we had. <laughs> and he ran away and we kept Gino. <laughs> I've been confused. That's how I started in the business. I worked with an organ grinder for many years. Well, and we... we pay Gino and bananas, too. So <laughs> We should tell people that, in fact, Gino does do this for a living. He's entertainment reporter for Fox 6 in Milwaukee in the Dish Network. And you can find Gino on Facebook, Gino... Uh, I want to say the showbiz machino. <laughs> or, or try going to Twitter. Gino Salomon Critic. Critic, yes. Or twitter.com slash movie Gino. Yes, movie Gino. That's where I'm Thank going. You. Uh, actually, I have your Facebook page up in front of me on the big screen, and I have scrolled down to a picture of Lawrence Fishburne. It is a fabulous picture yeah. you took of him a couple of days ago. You were interviewing him because of the new John Wick movie, which I'm so excited about. Lots to talk about on this. Number one, did you like the John Wick movie? I did. It was two hours and 40 minutes with some of the longest fight sequences I've ever seen, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Really? Really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, don't get a big gulp before you go in, right? (laughs) No, definitely (laughs) not. No, no. Why can't we have intermissions like we used to? (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. That is... That is tough. Yeah. A tough and, you know, that's a long amount of time to, yes. to not get up. And we've <laughs> talked about it before. One of our favorite theaters used to be in uh, Lansing. Mm-hmm. It was the ta- town. No, it, or was it Highland? In the town theater. The town theater. And they would be showing a movie. And right in the middle of the movie, they'd stop, have an intermission. Everybody would go out to the lobby where they would have homemade, homemade goodies. goodies. And you could get a beverage, wow. and then you would talk about the movie, yeah. and then they'd flash the lights, and you'd right. go back in, but you would have this this group experience, and it was wonderful. But we found out when we were talking with... Um, Steve Zarowitz. Fra- who has been doing the... Uh, Highland Park Highland Theaters. Park, thank you. Right. <laughs> Two minds, one brain. I know. And uh, we mentioned that to him, and he said he would love to do that, but these days, apparently, there is a problem with the... The movie companies, they don't want what? you to do that break. So they have to, apparently he's talked with his legal team and they're trying to find out if there is a way that they can somehow do movie intermissions, but they have to jump through legal hoops. Yeah. Now, how dumb is that? They just need to say, look, if you're That's a baby awful. boomer, you need an intermission. <laughs> 
It's as simple as that, right, Gino? And, and you would kind exactly of exactly right. Wouldn't you kind of think that the the movie theaters would lobby for that because they'd no. make more money? No, I think they want to. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think they just want you to watch the movie, get out, so they can get another movie in. But wouldn't they sell more popcorn? But no, you think so, Gino? No, I think I'm with you. I think they they have that time restriction. Yeah. They want to get five showings in a day. And if they do that in intermission between every one, mm-hmm. they're going to have to cut it down to four movies. That's, and that's, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the problem. So back to this picture of Lawrence yeah. Fishburne that's on your page, Gino yeah. Salomon Critic. And it's a classic face that he's making, but he's holding something that you gave him because you are the man when it comes to getting the perfect <laughs> gift for celebrities. I mean, it, you have amazed me for years when you come up with the thing that they've never seen before. What did you give Mr. Fishburne that <laughs> he's holding? In and this where the heck did you find it? Yes. Okay. I had it, shockingly enough. It was a Cowboy Curtis figure from Pee Wee's Playhouse, which Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis. So I told him, I said, you know, I don't like to travel alone. I always like to bring something with me. And he said, what's that? And I pulled out the figure and he said, oh, my God. And he started doing Cowboy Curtis's (gasps) voice. And he said, I said, do you have it? And he said, I do not. I said, well, you do now. And I gave it to him. And he was genuinely touched. I'm sure. And when when you think back, that Lawrence Fishburne was 14 years old in Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola's movie. That just still blows my mind. Yeah. He was a kid. I didn't realize that. Unreal. And, and how many yes, years, how many years ago was the Apocalypse Now came out, what, in 70? Well, how old is it Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'll L- look at like it. Like 78-ish or something? 79? 79? Okay, I was oh, close. Oh, wow. So... 14. Wow. Yikes. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time to work in this business. So in the John Wick movie, is he doing the heavy, some of the heavy lifting? Um, I, I'm, no, I'm, he is. He's all, I, I made a comparison. He's almost like that uh, narrator in a Shakespeare play. Who oh. just He walks through and kind of sets the scene. And uh, he said he loved that because he didn't have to do the... Uh, the 30, 40 minute fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if we ever and told you. And there's a shot. Go ahead. I don't know if we ever told you, but we came to the John Wick movies sort of kicking and screaming, but so many friends of ours liked them. And we watched the first one and we were hooked and we binge watched <laughs> the John Wick movies. The, the rest yeah. of the John Wick movies. I, I love that series. Yeah. I do too. And I will tell you that. Uh, you know, th- there is a shot of from above of a sequence. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in a movie. I've never seen this overhead shot of a fight sequence, and it is worth seeing just that alone. Hmm. It's so good. Do do they tell you if Keanu Reeves, if if the fight scenes are actually them, or are we dealing with with stuntmen doing this stuff? You know what? You have a director who comes with a stunt background, and I think that's mostly Keanu because, you know, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. Of having to hit a mark. Now, when you make a movie for the camera, for focus and everything, you have to hit a certain spot. Think about that. I mean, they are so difficult to shoot these scenes, and they're so time-consuming. And that shot I was telling you about from overhead, I don't see a cut in it. So 
it just, mm. you don't want to be that person on set who makes the mistake and then they have to start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling uh, that he's a, a pretty terrific guy to work with. I just think Keanu Reeves is one of those nice guys mm-hmm. that would be good to work with, too. 100%. Really? 100%. Good. He's a really, really good guy, yes. That's nice to yeah. hear. I wonder if, if the Keanu Reeves shoot is kind of like the thing, uh, I don't remember if I told you about this, you've probably seen this, the preview for the upcoming Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie, and they have this long, it's about a 14-minute YouTube video where they show how they're going over this and going over it and going over it and going over it because they want to get it all in one continuous shot. Wow. And I mean, it takes right. weeks and weeks of planning and mm-hmm. acrobatics. And in this case, Cruz is the guy doing the stuff. And you have to hit your mark at the exact time. I, that's a level of commitment that yeah. goes way beyond yeah. my pay grade. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I say this, too? Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise has gotten his knocks over the years, but he was responsible for holding Top Gun Maverick. So that, you know, for, I think it was done two years ago. And it really was the movie that brought people back to the theaters. I thought it was a great movie. And, you know, most of that goes, the credit goes to him for that. And and what's the controversy? I know we have to break in a second, but what's the controversy with some people wanting that movie to be removed because some of the backing came from an oligarch? A Russian oligarch. Yeah. Have you heard about that, Gino? Okay, I've heard nothing about that. Yeah, yeah. there's some that. some rumbling that the movie should be pulled from the Oscar from nominations. Yeah. yeah, which would be just huge oh, wow. and kind of crazy. And I'm like, yes. why don't you people vet this stuff before you do the nominations yeah. if you think something like this is going to happen? Because that could be nothing but bad news, considering that movie is thought of as the movie that breathed life into yeah. theaters. Post-pandemic, yeah. that Post- brought people yeah. back into this. That's right. That in yeah. Avatar. We're talking about a couple blockbusters. Whether you like them or not, people went to see them. And, um, yeah, if they messed with it, I don't want to mess with Tom Cruise anyway. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, we're talking showbiz with our buddy Gino Salamone. Stay with us here on WGN. And Wait Gino, a second. Wait a mm. second. I had some problems, and no one could seem to solve it. That that's what you play before I come on. <laughs> no, stop. That is not me. Do not for one second say, Johnny, shut your trap. That is not me. Tell the story behind that, that Gino. That is Diane Cannon, right, Gino? Yeah. Diane Cannon. And what I asked her if she could, uh, if she made George Hamilton tan. She went into that, and it didn't stop. And that's not extended. That's exactly how long that last went. <laughs> I'm going to need an intermission if you play that again. <laughs> Either that or a... Can I tell you, that is not what I sounded like when I flew back from my John Wick interviews. Everything was going so well. I flew from L.A. to Minneapolis, got to Minneapolis, enjoying my time there. And then an hour before the flight, last last flight of the night, your flight is canceled. 
Yeah. Everything uh, was canceled. Madison. And I w- they couldn't get me on for another 24 hours. Oh. So they, they gave us a hotel, which was... There were live critters walking around the floor, and yeah. the mattress was awful. No. And I called the... I'm not kidding you. I called the studio in L.A., they rented me a car. I left Minneapolis at 11.30 at night, and I drove straight through and got home at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I was a zombie for the next day. When, you know, those travel miseries, anyone who's been through it, it's just horrible. It's just not fun. Well, every time you go to L.A. on a junket, you run the risk of not making it back for Monday morning, yes. right? Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. But when you're in L.A. I still will do it because I still love doing it. Absolutely. And when you were in L.A., you're you're just enjoying yourself. You're hanging with the stars. You also got to see the new Creed movie, which has done a blockbuster weekend. I'm really curious about this. So what was your take? It is, I think it's the best of the group. And uh, you have, it always hinges on a good villain. And I say... I, I hate to use that word villain. I'm going to say antagonist. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors is that antagonist. It's a great story. He is a great guy to go against Creed. I think it's really, really good. Now there's really good. And there's no Stallone to be seen in this one, right? No, no. And Stallone is still angry because Erwin Winkler got the producing rights. Stallone created Rocky, and now he can do whatever he wants, and Stallone doesn't have a say and that's quite frustrating well how did that happen i i'm not sure you would think stallone would be smart enough to protect something like rocky the property but it was his first movie so first of all they didn't want to use him as the actor in that movie and uh, they kept offering him more money more money and he refused to take it until he could star in it and when you're that new in hollywood you really can't Mm-hmm. Uh, own the production. You can't own the producer credit, mm-hmm. and that's what is. So he he has nothing to do with it. But I'm telling you, Michael B. Jordan is the director of this movie as well. He does an incredible job. I I say go see it. You'll love it. Did, good. did he have much to say about the possibility of Creed becoming a, a TV show? No, you know what? That came out after. I think the studio was taking a wait and see attitude, and because oh. it made more money than any of the creeds, and was so it got such great reviews. I believe it may be a prequel uh, to Creed's story. Oh, that would okay. be cool. That's see a lot of him. Yeah, yeah. And Felicia Rashad is in the movie as his mother, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think maybe that's what the TV uh, might be about. We hmm. shall see. You're talking about Stallone and his early career, and you made my mind go to something that I haven't thought of in years. And I'm going to ask you if you can tell me if I've got the right movie title. I believe it was before Rocky. Stallone did a movie, and he actually sang the theme song and sounded like uh, Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers. Was it Paradise Alley? Paradise Alley is yes. exactly right. Yeah. It, too it, too it, close it, to Paradise, I think, was him singing. Oh. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah. kind of a rocky thing, only he was a wrestler. And it's a wonderful right. movie. Exactly. And he was really. Yes. And no it, one talks about it. And, he I, was and so I young. think it's one of the best movies that, that he ever made. Was his brother in that, too? Because, I agree. 
I think his brother was yeah. in that. Yeah, because his brother was always kind of in his shadow, yeah. and then he tried to make it as a pop right. singer, and yeah. and he had a little yep. bit of success during disco time. Mm-hmm. But frankly, right. and he actually was in the Rocky movies with that uh, that street corner group that's yeah. uh, doing acapella. That's oh, yes. right. He's, yes. of, he's the lead singer. Yeah. I'm looking here at the box office, and um, I, I guess Hollywood is surprised that Creed is doing so well. But if we go back to the yes. movies, Top Gun and Avatar getting butts in the seat, mm-hmm. people want to have something that's escapism. Yeah. You know, would you agree, Gino? They're looking for something that's fun. 100%. 100%. And that's why, you know, they always call them popcorn movies. For me, yeah. you know, and this is what why people don't watch the Oscars. Top Gun Maverick, I thought, was a perfect movie. I, I Look, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. He was great in it. Mm-hmm. The uh, tribute with the Val Kilmer in that role that he was in the first Top Gun movie. I, there's so much to it. And, and, yeah, you went to that movie and you were happy to watch it on yeah. a big screen. The other thing, too, you know, the previous one was a green screen where a lot of the effects were, were fake. This one, these guys were really up in the air being filmed in these, yeah. in these jets. It's yeah. incredible. Again, and, way above my pay grade. <laughs> and if we use Avatar as an example, technically, I mean, it's a long movie, but technically it's something like we've never seen before. So that gets mm-hmm. the word of mouth right. going. People saying, you know what? Uh, you're not going to believe it. It's going to blow your way. You can take the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And when I look at the movies that nominated for Oscars, I'm ashamed to say I, I did not watch them because they reminded me of my teen years. Gloomy and angst-ridden. Yeah. You know, I thought, do I want... Johnny, <laughs> always. This is what the Academy does. The The year that they had their highest ratings was the year that Titanic was nominated. Yeah. Because people saw that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have not seen these movies, and, and they don't care. But the one thing I do hope they get right is Kiwi Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once for mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Because... He was short round in the Indiana Jones movie. Yes. uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Right. And he was just a little kid, grew up and couldn't get an acting job. And he has given the most beautiful, touching speeches. I I really hope that he wins. And I think he will for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, he was wonderful at Golden Globes. Gino is our guest. He's wonderful. Stay with us here on WGN. That was Sylvester Stallone singing the theme to paradise alley and if that was the late 70s we did not have auto-tune it's pretty obvious (laughs) i swear i'm gonna have to bring a change of clothes i'm gonna use that as a car alarm because if anyone hears that they're going to run if they're breaking into my car. Yeah, you're Everyone right. Know <laughs> and you know, Sylvester Stallone, this reminds me of this in Florida, beautiful afternoon. I step out of a store and I'm in the parking lot and this guy comes riding up on his big Harley. And I mean, this was a big Harley. <laughs> and he's blaring foreigner. Feels like the first time. And he's just, you know, he's all tatted up. And all of a sudden, I hear Stallone's voice. He had his GPS in Stallone's voice. (laughs) 
You're kidding me. And it was so loud. Everybody stopped like, whoa, that's Sylvester Stallone. So, so Rocky is telling him to turn yo, right. Or... Yo. <laughs> and I'm like, you are. I want to talk. <clears throat> go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. It's your time. No, I'm going to interrupt both of you. About Elvis. Oh, okay. With the Academy Awards coming up. Yes. What did you think of the Elvis movie? Okay. As a matter of fact, and let me say for people just jumping in, we're talking with Gino Salomon. He's the entertainment <laughs> reporter for Fox 6 in Milwaukee and the Dish Network. And you can follow him at twitter.com slash moviegino. Oddly enough, we just finished watching the Elvis movie last night. We watched it in three installments. And uh, I, I really am, I have mixed feelings about it, because if you are approaching it as if this is a documentary, no. If you approach right. it as this is a highly stylized, fictionalized representation of what Colonel Parker's morphine-induced dream could have been, Okay, you got it. Mm-hmm. Now, given that, uh, I thought the the acting was really quite good. The directing, again, if you approach it from that perspective, I thought it was really a pretty and decent movie. Gino, I've got to tell you, we watched it in three installments, not because it was unbearable, because we broke it up in like 40-minute segments so we could talk about... Because Steve, he knows the ins and outs, and he'd say, well, now that song actually came three years later. That outfit was too right. early. And, so and we this had and this, that was out of context. So we had this great discussion about what was moved around, what did Baz, and you know what? Nine times out of ten, Baz Luhrmann did it for the right reason. I mean, yeah. it fit. The song fit when yeah. it should be there. Yes. And can yes. I say, the music that was the pop version of songs, I, I loved Chris Isaac and Stevie Nicks. I even loved Kanye song on the soundtrack and i really liked the uh, the way they took so many of elvis's songs and they put them in a minor key eerie and very they, eerie it just made it a little more eerie wistful sad yeah um what was the one uh in the very beginning oh uh snowman yes snowman mm-hmm and because that was not done that way, but it's an Elvis song. Mm-hmm. But the way they right. did it, it was in a very minor key, and it it really brought you into the Colonel Parker being the snowman. And yeah. he's, you know, be careful. Yeah. Do you know? Did you I ever did not like Tom Hanks? Well, in that role. yeah, I, did, it, I couldn't, I couldn't buy it. But I, I have to say this, Austin Butler. You know, mm-hmm. to take on a role as. You're you're going to be criticized at every turn. Yet I felt like he got yeah. that energy, mm-hmm. and there have been some things that I've heard some recordings of him where he sounds so much like Elvis. It blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but let me go back to your to your Tom Hanks thing because I was thinking about this. I understand what you're saying about Tom Hanks. I like Tom Hanks, but then I was thinking, is there anybody else that could have done a better job with that part than Tom Hanks did? And I think he did a perfectly good job with the part. It would almost have to be an unknown. Yeah, I think an unknown would have been better because Mm -hmm. uh, despite the makeup and despite how they tried to make him look and the accent that he tried to do, for me, it was still Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. So it was Tom Hanks' distraction. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and you, yes. you, you've you watched Tom Hanks as we have, but you've had a chance to interview him as we did. And sometimes that stuff gets in the way. You're like, oh, you're so fat. Why are you wearing a fat suit? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever have you ever had the occasion to uh, talk with Basil Lerman? Because I find him fascinating. Yes. In fact, I talked to him. I talked to him. For the, yes. Remember that he had like a top 40 hit. Do you remember that? No. No. Refresh me. It was called Sunscreen. It was a spoken uh, song. Oh, and yes. Was, and don't forget to put on your sunscreen. W- was was like this the, like the end of that? That was oh, Baz Luhrmann? And uh, wasn't that a, a Mary, Mary Schmeek, Schmeek column? column? And it was Baz Luhrmann reciting this Mary Schmeek column. That's crazy. Right. I forgot that was him. That was what? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking uh, it up. 80s? Because when the song came out, we actually interviewed Mary Schmeek about right. having her song turned into oh. wear, wear Sunscreen. It was her essay. And, uh, right. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann, Josh Abrahams, and Nellie Hooper did that. And the B-side of it was Love is in the Air, and that was 1997. Andrew, can you find Baz Luhrmann sunscreen? Wear sunscreen. Or wear sunscreen? Well, at least... Everybody's free to wear sunscreen. Yeah, them. everybody's free to wear... Yeah, you're right. Everybody's free. 1998, um, a lot of people thought he wrote it, and that's I remember that's one of the things she talked about. She said, right. you know, it's being recited at graduations, and I'm I'm the one that wrote it. You know, it was my, my column. Yeah, but, I had forgotten right. all about that. So had you talked to him he after was, that, was, or...? Yeah, I talked to him after Elvis, and I talked to him for Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. and he was so taken into the world of Elvis and appreciated so much Priscilla and Lisa Marie's contribution yeah. to that movie, and Priscilla calling him, what, he called to see how she felt about the screening, mm-hmm. and they said she's still here, and she's in the theater, and she's crying, oh, my. and for him, he said that was the greatest, then he knew he had done something right. Mm-hmm. And she said that that Austin Butler did things that only Elvis would do, and no one told him. Mm-hmm. But he just ended up coming up with it on his own. It's really incredible. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's going to be an interesting one tomorrow night. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. Be, be, before we get away from this, and uh, anyway, I just want to say on the the sunscreen song, he produced it, but he's given it's uh, he's given the credit, but it was so, it was a different actor who. Who read it? Who uh, it was an oh. Australian actor. Oh. oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, a- Andrew found it. Uh, Andrew, you want to play just a little bit of it? Ladies and gentlemen of the class of '99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been mm. proved by scientists. Whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. Okay, I think I that... will dispense. This Can you advice. imagine writing a piece though, and it takes off like this, right? <laughs> and it becomes the 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 thing at graduations. Right? Wasn't there a Canadian broadcaster in like the seventies who did a a spoken word? Yes. About uh, America and how, uh, yeah. Um, Oh, and it was. Uh, yeah. Nosferatu keeps that. jumping in, uh, <laughs> into my head, but that's not it. <laughs> no. But, but it's one of those words like uh, 
something uh, something Arab. Blah, 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 um, oh, oh, I'm looking. The Americans. The Americans. Yes. A Canadian's opinion by Gordon Sinclair. Yeah. Oh yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yes. And you can tell this is not scripted, okay, folks. Can we talk about obscure music? Did you see who we lost yesterday from One Hit Wonders? No. The the uh, man who recorded They're Coming. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Under yes. the name Napoleon the Fourteenth, but that was not his real name. Right. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> That's right. Jerry Samuels was his name. Yes. Oh, I'm and, sorry. And that was the first record I was aware of uh, when I first got into radio. In 1966, the first record I was aware of being banned, I was working at WJOB in Indiana, and there were some states and radio stations that said, this could be too offensive to someone who just got out of a mental institution, so we can't play this song. Wow. Serious. Wow. In 1966, that was the, that was that, the rationale. And that was it for him. And and yes, because if you remember what was on the flip side. Yes, the same song backwards because they didn't have any more money. <laughs> oh no! Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and how unbelievable! I, I remember. <laughs> how old was he when he passed? Would, would he be eighty something? Oh, at least I think. Yeah, because that was in the sixties, as you said, when you first started in sixty-six. Yeah, you know what? We need to take a little break. Let's do that. And uh, during the break, uh, here's an audible. Andrew, can you find Napoleon the Fourteenth? They're coming to take me away. And uh, okay, we'll we'll try and do that out of the break. Stay with us at WGN. The only thing I have to say after after hearing that is. Ah! me when you do that gosh you know there are so many people people hating us right now who are yes maybe drifting off to sleep and now they're coming to take me away and stuck in their oh, yes. oh my gosh he was born in 1938 gerald samuels and uh, that was a top five hit. And I wanted I believe wow. it was written about his dog or something uh, under oh, the yeah uh, Samuels began his recording career in 56 when he cut the single Puppy Love, The Chosen Few, for Vic Records. And he concocted their coming to take me away, ha-ha, while working. <laughs> I say ha-ha, and I immediately hear I, Diane Cannon I, I in my head. I believe he was a, an, a studio engineer, I believe. Yes, and Cousin Brucey on WABC kind of revealed who he was. The record quickly climbed the charts, reaching the top ten nationally in three weeks, which was huge. Sold over a million copies, was mm-hmm. awarded a gold disc. Where was our taste Holy moly. And, As right. opposed to now? <laughs> well, yeah. And I guess it probably didn't hurt it that it was boycotted, because then people would say, oh, well, yeah. they can't play it on the radio. I've got to get my hands on it. Ha ha. He he. Sure. Yeah. Woo. Um, Gino, Karen, Janet, uh, these are just names of people who've texted, said they love them some Gino. Uh, Bruce Cole, who used to so work, nice. Bruce Cole used to work for one of your competitors. Said he used to listen to you, and he's so happy he gets to hear you again tonight. But there's a piece of unfinished business that two ladies said. Can Gino talk about Uh-oh. his relationship with Sandra Bullock? How are they doing these days? <laughs> yes, 
Are, are, are you and Sandra still you an know, idol? The, you know, the last time was uh, for a Netflix movie. So mm-hmm. I have not seen her in person in years, but I just saw her publicist because her publicist is also Keanu Reeves' publicist. Oh. And... Uh, she sent me greetings, which but, I don't believe. Let's, yeah. <laughs> a little backstory. When Gina would join us at 3.45 in the morning to do a showbiz report for us, we quickly became uh, became aware of his uh, affection for Sandra Bullock. And as we said earlier, he had this uncanny ability to find gifts for the celebrities he was going to interview. And you actually did um, ask Sandra to marry you at one point, correct? And she accepted. Let's and she accepted. Take mm-hmm. that for the record. Yep. And you she, get- she accepted. And then word got around that the National Enquirer called me that night because they had heard <laughs> that I was engaged to Sandra Ball. And, and, and what was the Florence Henderson? Uh, the, yes. Florence was my, I, I told Florence, I, excuse me, I told Sandra, I said, you know, I know you're wondering why I'm dragging my feet on us getting married, but I wanted my mom to meet you to approve you. And she said, you brought your mom? I said, yes. And I said, mom, come in here, please. And Florence Henderson walked in as my mom. And <laughs> She played it off so well. She looked at her and she said, what is your name? Sarah? Sandy? What is it? She said, Sandy. And she said, let me see your teeth. And she opened her mouth and checked her teeth to see if she was someone I should marry. And then Florence shook her head and she said, you know, Gino, I really think you can do better than this. And then Sandra said, but Gino, you need to pick. It's me or your mom or I'm walking. And I said, I pick you. And then Florence, in her inimitable style, said, up yours, mister. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and, I brought and, her the lollipop kit from The Wizard of Oz because she loved that movie. And yeah. he presented her with a lollipop and sang to her. Oh. And then the worst thing I could have ever done, I don't know why I did it. It was in New York. She was with Melissa McCarthy. And I said, you know, Melissa, I've been trying to tell her how I feel for all these years, and she doesn't seem to hear me. No matter what I say, she doesn't hear me. So I brought someone who she might hear, and I brought in Gilbert Gottfried. He came in yelling to her, why don't you just marry him? Just marry him. And then, of course, he goes further, and he says, you know, of course, look at him. It'll be a sexless marriage. And and it got worse than that. He said something so obscene, and I thought my career was over. She loved it so much that she said something even filthier back to him. Oh. And, yeah. And everybody loved it except for me. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a great story. And I love the fact that people remember you and they think of Sandra Bullock in the same thought. That's really cool. Uh, and you know who remembers that more than anyone? The judge that issued the court order to keep me away from her. Of so. course. Yes, yes. A quick little unfinished business. A, a listener texted and said, hey, didn't Kim Fowley produce their coming to take me away? Fowley was the brains behind the runaways in the 70s, a really weird, polarizing guy, but had a ton of eclectic success. The great Michael Shannon portrayed him oh, wow. in the runaway movie. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, I, didn't I don't. I thought this was strictly uh, Napoleon the Fourteenth. Yeah. I didn't think there's legend behind all of yeah. this, and when it becomes big and successful, who knows? Well, what's on your radar for the upcoming week? Yeah. Uh, any blatant plugs we should mention? 
Well, yes, actually, it's going to be a, a week of interviews. I uh, interviewed the cast of Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. So I ran some of those interviews. I'm running two of them uh, on this coming week. And then I interviewed Willem Dafoe for a movie that is a really strange movie. I know that shocks you with Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. It's called Inside, and he plays this high-end art thief who gets locked and trapped in this penthouse where he's trying to steal the art for over a month. And they shut down the water. The temperature goes up to 100. And he he lives in this place. It's basically one man carrying a movie. And except for one disgusting scene, I really liked it. Wow. And that's funny, Steve. You said Nosferatu yeah. earlier. And, of course, when yeah. I think of Willem Dafoe, wow, yes. as Nosferatu, yeah. that was a crazy role. Well, it's and all... You know, he, uh, he was <laughs> from Appleton, Wisconsin. He went to the University of Wisconsin. Milwaukee, oh, yeah. and a few years back, the Milwaukee Film Festival, and I uh, got to have dinner with him, and somebody had his makeup case from when he was a student actor and gave it back to him. Oh, my wow. God. He was so thrilled to get this. It was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Oh, that's hmm. great. Well, that's a good, upbeat place to end the show yeah. on. Thank you, Gino. Always a pleasure I talking like to you. Yes. I love it. Uh, be safe, because I know you're going to continue traveling back and forth to L.A. and New York, and but you're going to continue joining us on the radio, and we do appreciate that. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I love you both. Take care. Thanks Bye-bye a lot, now. Gino. Uh, we got a break, but coming up out of the news, we're going to talk about those Oscars and get Oscar predictions from my favorite movie critic, my brother Lee. Mm-hmm. So stay with us. We're going to spend some time talking about the award ceremony that will be airing tonight, Sunday night. A lot That's of right. people are uh, marching, uh, marking their ballots. Right. And we wanted to get someone on uh, who could give what I feel is uh, the, the best perspective on movies that that I've ever come across. And, and yes, I'm freely admitting tons and tons and tons and tons of bias on this one. <laughs> uh, ever since we were both mini-kids, my brother Lee, uh, as he depicted in his book, Safe Inside, uh, has been uh, enthralled with movies, and uh, has known more about movies than anybody I've ever come yep. across. Yep, and looks forward to the Oscars, too, because he watches all of the movies that are going to be talked about. And yeah, as we were saying earlier, sadly, this is one of those years when you look at the best pictures. Uh, many of those pictures have not been seen by the average person out there for whatever reason but lee has gone out of his way to watch all of the movies so right now we'd like to introduce you to our movie critic lee kingsmill how are you tonight lee hey lee i'm i'm good i i got a head full of snow when i came out of the opera tonight but i'm good so how was the opera you got to see carmen tonight yeah and if i could just say a quick word about Mm -hmm. that sure um Anytime I think about Carmen, I, I think of the time I, I took my kids to see it, because uh, I used to take them all over the place. And uh, they were all dressed up and so well-behaved and everything, but it got to the, the last act, and just for the benefit of anybody who isn't familiar with the story, she's a free-spirited gypsy, and she falls for a soldier and then dumps him for a... Uh, a matador 
uh, and at the end, spoiler alert, he stabs her. And when that happened, my kids had been so good, they burst into applause. And we got on the school bus, and, and I said, what was that about? Why did you do that? And and they said, oh, he was so mean to her. And, you know, in the past, I've, I've seen this happen many times. And uh, I, I, I've i had some glimmerings of sympathy for him. I mean, he, he blouses up his life for, for this woman. But this time, all I could think of was, this is happening way too many times today mm-hmm. with some dangerous ex-boyfriend saying, if I can't have you, nobody can. And yeah. I don't think the kids would have applauded today, or at least the girls wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about your kids, you're talking about the students that you taught for many years. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and these would be the kids at CVS? What, was that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, at CVS. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, for years, Lee taught at CVS and then at, uh, at Washington. Washington. For lots of years. Oh, the stories he could tell. <laughs> right, Lee? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I won't. Uh, is it correct when I say you've seen all of the movies that have been nominated for Best Picture this year? Or at least most I, of? I, most of, yeah. Mo- definitely most of. I, I wish I could say all of them, but it's not as easy as it used to be. Isn't that weird? Because you have all these streaming services. Well, I know, I know, and I, I bought into a lot of them, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't been able to catch up with women talking, oh. and, and uh, it's full of people that I like, and and so I can't really speak to that. But I've heard very good things about it. Everything else, yeah, I've seen. Mm-hmm. And and historically, this is what you've done because of your love of movies. You've you've made a point, it, even if it meant you had to watch a movie by yourself, you were going to see the movies that were being nominated for Oscars. Correct. Oh, I would. And, and, and John and I, most years, we would see everything there was. We would drive to another city to, mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. something. Another state, because you'd come over to another Illinois. Right? Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, another state. <laughs> and the, the countdown began uh, right after the nominations came out. You'd, you'd kind of go through the list and say, okay, is there any, what haven't you seen? And, and then start trying to check that stuff off your list. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you but recall? I, 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 it was, was, that? was there a movie that you saw back last year and you thought to yourself, that's definitely for Oscar contention? Is there one that stands out in your mind as you knew from day one when you saw it before? There, there was a lot of talk about it and there was a whole PR campaign to get it nominated. Something that really stays with you from this year? A couple of them. Mm-hmm. Banshees of Inishrin. Uh, I, I, I knew that had to be nominated. There, there are four terrific performances, great story, and, uh, also, uh, Tar. There was no doubt in my mind Hmm. that Blanchett was going to get nominated for that. And that's one Uh, of those movies, once it came out, it became very divisive i mean you either really liked it and you got it or you're mm-hmm. like really <laughs> would you agree well, first, lee yeah first you had to sit through that 10 minutes of opening credits with the tiny print and <laughs> and i don't know what they were thinking about that and you but, you uh, saw that in a movie theater right 
Yes. Yeah. So you weren't yeah. streaming that, so you couldn't stop it. You you just wanted to scream oh, at the God, screen. If I'd been streaming it, then you wouldn't have been able to read anything. But uh, well, it's a it's a very serious movie, and um, she she does a terrific job. Uh, but it's not um, it's not a feel good. It, mm-hmm. it, it's um, uh, it, they, they do a great job of convincing you that, that that she is a serious musician and knows about music. Uh, I've seen a lot of films over the years where people talking about movies and music, I just want to tell them, oh, shut up, you don't know what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if you heard much of our conversation with Gino in the last hour, but we were talking about... Essentially, what you just said, the the feel-good aspect. And do you think that, particularly right now, that feel-good is going to play a role in what wins this year? Yeah, I guess so. Um, But that would mean the Top um, Gun would have to win. Because, you know, that's just escapism, right, Lee? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anybody no. thinks that that's no. going to happen. Although I was, I was so happy that I saw that in IMAX, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, the, the aerial photography was just superlative. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we've talked about this before, but Tom Cruise is one of those people that, for years, I have had to separate the performer from the performance. Mm-hmm. Because there are many things that I'm not crazy about that 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 Tom embodies, but yet when he's on the screen, boy, is he good. Yeah. We got to we got to take a quick break, Lee. We're talking with our movie critic. I mean, you guys think you got we got a movie critic. We turn to Lee when it comes to what's out there because he watches all of these movies. And we're talking about the Oscars coming up tonight, uh, hosted by Jimmy Fallon this year. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Excuse me. Come on, Jimmy's. Jimmy's. Come on, Jimmy's mixed up. We'll be right back with Lee Kingsmill in just a moment here on WGN. We're talking about the. Academy Awards, they will be televised Sunday night, and we're talking about uh, some winner predictions. Uh, We had been talking about Top Gun Maverick, and that was the theme song from Top Gun Maverick, uh, Lady Gaga, Hold My Hand. Who will not be at the Oscars to perform. She said that she is tied up uh, doing the, the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, and I was really surprised because some of the great moments in recent Oscar presentations, in my opinion, have been Lady Gaga moments when she performed mm-hmm. Shallow and when she was on stage uh, with, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, with who? Bradley Cooper? No, well, that was a great moment. Yeah, that was kind of a whew. But when she was on stage with... Uh, Lee, who are we thinking of? Liza Minnelli? I, I, I was thinking Bradley Cooper, but... Um. <laughs> but, but, but there was that moment when yeah. she was with Liza Minnelli, and yes. she was kind of holding Liza Minnelli's hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's hard yeah. to forget that moment with her and Bradley Cooper, because that was some hot, sizzling chemistry going on between the yeah. two of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wish she were going to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard that the carpet will not be a red carpet that the celebs will walk on? What color is it going to be? Champagne. Champagne carpet with red drapes. And they think, well, it's time that we mix things up. I'm sorry. You go on the red carpet. You live to walk on the red carpet. That's part of the deal. But we're going to have champagne. I am with you. It is not time to mix things up. (laughs) No. I think we're that red. And this is a case of, you know, they're struggling to get people to watch. And in fact, Kimmel has made quite a few jokes about his goal is to have the Oscars go until, you know, the morning show comes on. <laughs> because historically it does go late. And, and this year, for those of you who are fans of American Idol, it's actually going to run after yes. the Oscars tomorrow night. Yeah. And because of that, there will be no The Company You Keep. Right. Which, by the way, since you have a week oh, no. with no The Company You Keep, <laughs> you need to try to see all the episodes of The Company You Keep. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful show. But back to the Oscars. Uh, and I, I was mentioning uh, the history Lee and I have with movies. And I can remember years and years and years where we were literally staying up till who knows what hour of the morning uh, when the Oscars would finally be over because we needed to see all of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I've never missed a broadcast. Really? Um, even, I thought I was going to miss one when, when I was in the Army. It was the, the awards for 57, and they had me on gate duty, and I thought, oh, rats. But there was a the radio there, so I was able to listen oh. to it. Oh, <laughs> and they broadcast the Oscars on the radio. That's I, yeah. that's that's the first I've ever heard of that. I'm, yeah, they, they used to do years and years ago until it, it became a television exclusive oh, thing. I see. Because is it there was a time when it was the most watched television show? Yeah, right up there with when the Super Bowl came along. But I mean, worldwide, I mean, people over in Great Britain right. are watching it in the middle of the night, literally uh, because of the time difference. Well, should we get to uh, some of your yeah. Oscar predictions? Uh, in uh, what category do you want to start with? Well, do you want to go up or down? Let's let's do it the way they do on television. Let's start with the supporting actors and actress. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that Ji uh, Hui Kwan uh, for everything everywhere has a lock on this. Uh, it, it, it'll be a sentimental award, but but uh, also one one that he deserves. He did, he did a really good job in in, in that movie. Uh, my personal uh, preference would have been uh, Barry Kilgan oh, uh, from the Banshees. In, in, in Banshees, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Hmm. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of good uh, good work. Um, um, I. As, I as I had realized that, that that Judd Hirsch was in that category, and I thought, "Wow, that's that's a name." But he, from the Fablemans, Judd Hirsch. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is. He's, he's back again. So, is it possible um, with the two actors, Brendan Gleeson and Barry, and from the 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 Banshees, that they kind of um, they kind of negated? They might cancel each yeah. other out. That often happens. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I always like Bill Nye. Hmm. Uh, and 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 he does a good job as usual in in in, in living. Uh, I I wasn't able to see After Sun uh, 
with uh, the Paul Mescal, so I, I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly going to try as soon as I can. Okay, what about um, a supporting actress? No, who do you think is I, going to win, and who do you want to, you would like to see win? I, I'm surprised at the buzz for Jamie Lee Curtis. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, no diss to her, but I think the role was so broadly written, it, 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 to me it was almost embarrassing. Uh, but I think, again, she and um, uh, the, the um, actress from, um, oh, Stephanie. Stephanie Sue. Sue? Yeah, from everything, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I think they may cancel each other out. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be Angela Bassett. Hmm. Uh, um, That could be good. That could be a good moment because she just, she's like royalty to me. She just oods this class when she's on any of the award shows. So I'd like to see that. Oh, yes. Very, very classy actress. I frankly Um, don't want to see Jamie Lee Curtis win because it's, quote, her time. And that's the reason for a lot of the buzz that I've been hearing is yeah. that it, it's her time, and uh, she has. The, I guess she's got a, a lot of people that like her in Hollywood, and she certainly seems like a nice yeah. enough person. But 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 on the other hand, so does Bassett. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Very true. Interesting. And um, so so your again, your pick would be who? Yeah, Bassett. Okay. Um, I, I think my 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 favorite would have been Carrie Condon from from um, Banshees again. You really love that movie, didn't you? I love that movie. <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm Irish. What can I say? <laughs> Those idiots are my peeps. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is going to come back to haunt you. You know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, okay. And I, I even love the donkey in that movie. Oh, there's the most adorable donkey. But he wasn't the biggest ass in the movie. <laughs> Where's the drumbeat when we need if it? If only uh, we had DVD releases, that could be on the DVD yeah. box. A quote from Lee Kingsmill. That would be perfect. It wasn't the biggest ass in the movie. <laughs> That's great. Lee, we have to take a quick break. If you can hang on, we're going to come back and talk about uh, the, the big categories the actor and actress as well as the best picture and get lee kingsmill's predictions on those lift me up from black panther wakanda forever we're talking about uh, movies we're talking about the oscar nominations and uh, we're talking with the guy that i think knows more about movies than anybody i've ever run into uh, (laughs) my brother lee and i'm turning on the blatant plug light for a couple minutes uh, because you should check out Lee's blog. It is a terrific blog. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really biased, but he's really, really good, okay? Uh, and you can find his blog, and we will put links to this on our webpage and on our Facebook page. It's Lee Kingsmill Blog, L-E-E-K-I-N-G-S-M-I-L-L-B-L-O-G dot WordPress dot com lee kingsmill blog dot wordpress dot com and if you would like to read his book and you should again not because he's my brother but because it's a really really good book uh, the book is called safe inside and 
when you read this, you will find out a lot about how the movies impacted Lee, and uh, you will learn a lot about, um, well, just read it. It's a really, really, really good book, and you can find that by going to Eckhart's Press, E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z, press.com, slash shop, slash safe, dash, Inside Again, Eckhart'sPress.com slash shop slash safe dash inside. And if you're glazing over at all that, we will have links on our Facebook page and on our mm-hmm. blog page and on all the ships at sea. <laughs> and so actually, that. I talked to the boss over at Eckhart's Press, and uh, Rick said that anyone who wants the book, when they come there, just go to Eckhart's Press, and it'll be easy for them to click and get their copy of, of, of Lee's book. So that's pretty cool. Lee's with us on the telephone. He came back from uh, seeing Carmen, uh, the opera, this evening, and um, willing to stay up even later, because you're going to lose an hour of sleep tonight, you know, Lee. I know. <laughs> yeah, our, our show ends at 2, and by the time we're walking out of the studio, it's 3. Oh, golly. Let's call each other when we get up at four on Sunday afternoon, just before the red carpet rolls out. Well, excuse me, the champagne colored carpet. Yeah, the champagne colored. So, so we were talking about uh, everything, everywhere, uh, all all over the universe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And I have to share with you, Lee, uh, because. One of the things Lee does on his blog is after he's seen a movie or a couple of movies, he will write about them and he'll share his opinions. And that's why we said as we read them this year, oh, my gosh, he should be sharing his opinions on the radio. So we got a radio show so we could do this. Uh, that's the sole reason. <laughs> that's we came right. Back. He said, oh, yay. Um, Mary Vetterveld, who's heard here Monday through Friday doing a, a phenomenal job covering traffic from the middle of the day all the way through your dinner hour. She wrote today. Okay, I've been trying to watch everything, everywhere, all at once for over an hour and a half. I don't get it at all, and I'm giving up. Fighting, violence, and little humor. I know there's a deep meaning, but chaos overpowers it. I don't get it. So, Lee, take a moment and tell us what your opinion of the much-talked-about everything, everywhere, all at once. Where do I begin? <laughs> I hated, loathed, and despised this movie. But I, I, it may be generational, because anybody anywhere near my age that has started this movie did not finish it. I thought I was going to have a seizure before it was over. Uh, there, there, there's a good frame tale. Interesting story about about an Asian family, uh, but every two minutes they're crashing into it with with with, with sci-fi martial arts uh, nonsense. <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm afraid I'm not a fan. Well, a listener uh, texts from six three zero and says, "I watched everything, everywhere, all at once tonight by streaming at home, and I would have been absolutely lost and confused without the closed captions. It spelled out the muttered words, and it identified which version of the character was speaking. With closed captions, I rated it high on IMDb, but without closed caption, I think I w- I would have been confused and exhausted to follow the action until it 
its conclusion. Uh, let me ask you, Lee, because I don't remember when you were watching it. Were you watching it on TV or in a theater? I was streaming it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you close caption it? Uh, you know, I, I think I generally have closed caption on. I probably was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't help. It didn't help me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yet it's going to be the movie, I predict, the, the movie that's going to walk away. It's got the most nominations, right? It does. It has 11. Uh, it's going to take some of them. I don't think it'll take all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it can't take more than 10 because of the... <laughs> double nomination for supporting but uh i'm afraid it is going to take best picture mm. um and uh every time I'll, I'll be watching uh the show and every time it wins something i'm going to take a healthy slug of, of pear williams <laughs> <laughs> So you might not wake up till Monday. The heck with Sunday I evening. I might not. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Th- th- this is a case, that, that category, best picture, is a case of, even though I haven't seen, with the exception of Elvis, I uh, haven't seen any of these, I've heard enough about the arguments. There, there are arguments in favor of all of them. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick, well, it brought know. people back to the theaters. Uh, the the Banshees, the Fablemans. Uh, oh, the Fablemans is a charming movie. It's, if you want to see a feel good movie, go see the Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a good slate uh, overall. What about All uh, Quiet on the Western Front? What was your take on that? Uh, well done, very well done. Um, it. Uh, if you need an anti-war movie, this certainly is is it. It's mm-hmm. well acted, well photographed. Um, I think it is going to take best foreign film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it need to be done again? I guess when I heard that it was being released, I thought, really? Yeah, we've kind of done been there, done that. But it, so it was different enough. I mean, it was refreshing enough that it it was worth They're seeing. Refreshing. I don't know well, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, d- disturbing, it, yeah. it, more than refreshing, yeah. But it's uh, it, it's well done and interesting that it's coming from a German source. This yeah, time. Mm-hmm. yeah, really. From reading your blog, uh, I got the sense that Avatar was absolutely beautiful, but absolutely too long. <laughs> way long, way long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and. I, I I I was praying that the, that um, super villain wouldn't wouldn't be back for more sequels, but he will be. Mm-hmm. So, so looking but again, at, uh, that's one of the movies, uh, along with Top Gun, that is credited with yeah, bringing people, people back, back to, to the big cineplexes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't knock anything that brings brings people back to the movies. I, I, I worry about them. I, 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 I hope they can make it through all this. So, you know, fine for Avatar, fine for Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at that category, so you're predicting that uh, everything is going, everything everywhere all at once will win. And if you had your druthers, if it was Lee's choice, it would be what for Best Picture? Well, it, it would be Banshees, 
but I was also very impressed by Triangle of Sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember after you it, saw that, you were, you were kind of haunted by it, right? I, I was, yeah. It, 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 it was so different. Uh, it's one of those um, way too rich people uh, on, a, on a ship that uh, gets shipwrecked and, and, and then all the social roles get reversed. Mm-hmm. And um, But quite interesting. And uh, there's a performance in that that I was sorry to see didn't get nominated. I, I don't believe in snubs. I don't think that mm-hmm. the Academy gets together and says, oh, let's snub so-and-so, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think there are omissions. And, and this time, I think a big one was uh, for supporting actress, this Filipina actress, Dolly DeLeon, mm-hmm. who plays the woman who cleans the toilets on this luxury yacht. Mm-hmm. But when they they wind up shipwrecked, she's the only one who knows what they're doing, the only one who can keep them alive. And boy, does she relish (laughs) her newfound powers. (laughs) But it's a lovely performance. That makes me want to see the movie right yeah, there. Really. <laughs> and that's why we're talking to Lee. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk a bit more about the Oscars coming up tonight. That is Natu Natu from RRR. And that this is a case of a movie I know nothing about. But as we were putting together the songs, because that's one of the, uh, the songs in the uh, best song category, I watched the video. Just watching the video, mm-hmm. I want to see this movie. Yeah, I think Lee, have you seen that? No, I think the song is adorable. It is. I, I love it. It's so catchy. The not to, not to. I find myself walking around going not to, not to. Have you seen I know. the it, talk about an earworm? Yes. Oh. Have you seen the video for the song? No, you you make me want to look, look, look it up. It, it, it is. It, I was hooked right away. I'm there. I want to see this. And actually, there's a buzz about that winning the song of the year. I and think it's, it's I up think against, it will up against Gaga, up against uh, Rihanna. You're like really? Uh, yeah, I think it's just different enough that maybe, in fact, it will win from the movie RRR. Okay, you know, it, mm. it really could. I I I, I, I was thinking. Rihanna, but you know this this has got real possibilities. <laughs> like, yeah, All right, we don't want to run out of time before we get to some of the biggies, like actress, best actress in a leading role. You got uh, Kate Blanchett. I'm going to guess that Kate Blanchett is at the top of your list. Am I right? Right. Who do you but think? It's a good. It's a good slate. Yeah. All t- terrific performances. Um. There's a lot of buzz for Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. uh, but but I I think this time Blanchett is 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 unstoppable. I and, could be wrong. I think you're probably right. And, and I will just interject that I'm a fan of anything Michelle Williams does. <laughs> I think oh, she just brings yes. so much good stuff to every role she has ever played. And she's. And, and she's She's so good in the Fablements as the mother, golly. And, and what about uh, this Andrea Riseborough? There was remember a couple of months ago there was so much buzz about whether or not what she was doing to be nominated was legit or was she really doing it? It was kind of a crazy bit of controversy because didn't she yeah. use some sort of a, a quote for, that somehow dissed another movie or something or what was the? 
to deal with and that. And it's against yeah, the rules. She wasn't using it. Um, it, um, but it was a quote. I don't know if, if her agent or somebody used it, but um, basically, I didn't see anything especially obnoxious about, about what was happening with her. Uh, although uh, I just finished reading Oscar Wars, mm-hmm. and boy, is that a good book! And and it, it goes into some some rough and tumble uh, skirmishes. Uh, Three Oscars, and and one of the best is between um, Spielberg and and Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, and, and uh, Riceboro gave a, a a really good performance in a uh, a difficult watch film. Mm-hmm. It, it it you know to Leslie. Uh, uh, and, and also I. Um, Let's not slight uh, Diarmas uh, as Marilyn. I thought uh, oh, she did. Oh, and Blonde, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that is an yeah. interesting category. All right, let's get to Best Actor. Now, d- did you ever get to see The Whale? Because I know you, you talked recently about the fact that it was hard to, to, to find it, and to, to stream it, to watch it. So what happened? Well, I watched enough of the, the preview... <laughs> to convince myself that, that uh, a, I, I really didn't want to see it, but b, I, I think he's going to win. I oh, really do. Oh, really? I've, 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 well, I've always admired him, and yeah. and uh, I know people say, oh, this is a fat suit role, and and and, um, but I, I think there's a lot of sentiment going for him, and and, and he's a good performer. Mm-hmm. You know. Boy, I, I, I personally, I would have picked uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Again, your love for the Banshees. Yeah, yeah. But it is a good slate, and and I I, I was surprised how much I liked uh, Butler as mm-hmm. Elvis. Yeah, uh, j- just being really objective, and and I've voiced my opinions of the movie, uh, both sides of uh, of. To how I view that, but objectively, I thought Butler did a terrific yeah. job. Yeah, I, he's a he's a real discovery, I think. And then you you had a Bill Nye from Living, and uh, yeah. Paul Mescal from Mescal, yeah. from After Sun. So again, a real interesting category, and I think that might be one of those cliffhangers that they're going to keep till the very end because I think a lot of people are thinking it's. But well, don't they usually keep what yeah. a director and, and uh, an actor. actor and picture till the end? Till the end. But I think a lot of people are, are are kind of wondering: Is it going to be Frazier or is it going to be Austin Butler? It's kind of not really given shoe in at this point, at least from what I'm reading. Uh, best director? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, that's going to be the Daniels for um, everything, everything everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to be drunk by that time. You are going to be I snockered. Will be. I will be. <laughs> So, yeah. Pear William is your um, liquor, your liqueur of choice that you will be enjoying during the Oscars. You always have a fabulous menu. Are you going to do that tonight for the Oscars? Have you chosen some great food to nausea? I have. I, I have two kinds of caviar and, <laughs> and, and some Stilton cheese wait, and some wait. triple cream. Time green. out. Not, wait, not, wait. Not, let's go back to the caviar moment. Two kinds of caviar? 
Yes, little golden globules and and, and tiny black. I wish you could see our producer, Andrew's reaction to to this menu so far. Okay, golden globules. I'm getting this stuff at Whole Foods. Okay. And the guy is checking me out, and he says, oh, caviar. What does that taste like? And I was trying to describe it to him. And I said, well, you know, sometimes it can be kind of slight. And he said, get this. He says, does it taste like the souls of the unborn? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, only in a good way. (laughs) Don't you know that that clerk has waited his entire life to say that to someone? And then along you come with your caviar. Not one, but two kinds of caviar. Okay, what else? No, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Now. Stop it. You're, my heart yes. can't stand this anymore. The Diane Cannon left, and that is not me, people. Please. I got a bad lap. This is not that bad. Um, all right. What else are you having along with the caviar? Um, <laughs> Sliders? <laughs> oh, some pate, some nice country pate. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a couple of nice desserts. Uh, now, they're small. They're, they're, they're small. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm having some, some a, a berry tart. Uh, it, it's a chocolate tart with berries. Mm-hmm. And then a lemon cream tart. Oh, wow. You need to put your menu on your blog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're going to wash it down with Pear William, which I only learned about before Christmas, and I was able to find it for Lee to give him a bottle of Pear William with the actual pear inside the mm-hmm. bottle, which is so amazing. And it, it, the bottles are grown. Once the, 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 the pear trees start sprouting, a pear, the bottle is shoved up there, and yeah. then the, the pear <laughs> grows inside the bottle. It's amazing. And I guess it's pretty tasty, too. Or Lee it would, is pretty tasty. Lee would not be three sheets to the wind by the time we get to the best director. <laughs> now, well, now, Lee's predictions will be uh, archived. Uh, they're going to be uh, up podcasted, the, yes. be podcast online, so you can, uh, can check it out. And if you've got money writing on this, you might listen to his predictions because he's got a pretty good track record because he watches these movies and has a very discerning eye. And um, so we let him watch the movies for us because, as I said earlier, so many of the movies this year reminded me of my teen years, gloomy and angst-ridden. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to relive oh, boy, my teen yeah. years. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. It's been fun. Thank you so much for staying up even later for us. <laughs> well, you're most welcome. Happy movie going. We hope you listen to all of our show. But we would like you in particular to pay attention to this segment. Yeah. Because... This is one of those things uh, where some people say, oh, I don't want to know about that. This is a case of knowing about that will give you some options to protect yourself against that. And it's, it's not a big deal. What we're going right. to tell you about is a big deal. The way that you protect yourself against it 
is real simple. Right. We're talking about voice cloning. And Patrick Crispin joins us to talk about technology. And uh, we were excited that Patrick could join us tonight. He's the Director of Educational Technology at Keck School of Medicine of USC. He joins us regularly. And he's been having way too much fun with voice cloning. (laughs) And the first time I experienced earlier this week, I totally freaked out. So, Patrick, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Woohoo! First of all, how do you know it's really me and not AI? I know! You took the words out of my mouth. Is this really Patrick? (laughs) And then you woohooed, and I knew it was really you. So let's start with the basics, because we have talked with you for a couple of weeks now, since the beginning of the year, about this new technology that's rapidly changing our world, um, artificial intelligence, chat GPT. Folks are hearing a lot about that. And now we get voice cloning, which is a new wrinkle in all of this technology. So how do we define it, Patrick? Well, voice cloning, um, sometimes called speech synthesis or even just audio deepfakes. The way this works is you take a recording of somebody with their permission, and I want to underline this, with their permission, and you then upload that to a tool, and the tool then analyzes the what the person is saying and then tries to replicate that person's voice. And what then it does is it creates sort of a voice print for that person, and it's really kind of measuring sort of the, the vocal emotions and the intonation of that voice. Mm-hmm. So you can then type anything you want on your computer in a special box, and usually on a website, and it will read it in that person's voice. Right. And depending on how well you've trained the AI, and it's not very hard, like one minute worth of audio, wow. you can come up with some really good fakes. Okay, let, like, now let, let, let's give an example and uh, I'm going to do an, an audible and say, uh, Andrew, let's do the uh, JP Rapper's Delight. Now, Johnny did not say this. Not one word of this. Right. I've never have, in fact. <laughs> so here we go. I said, a hip hop, the hippie, the hippie, to the hip, hip hop, and you don't stop the rockin'. To the bang, bang, boogie, say, up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. Wow. Word. (laughs) Johnny Johnny didn't say any Any of of that. that. But so so the artificial intelligence hears her voice, says, okay, let me take these highs and lows, these ones and zeros, and put them into this sentences or groups of sentences. I took one minute of audio from last Saturday's show, with Johnny's permission, again, I want to say I'm Mm -hmm. not stealing Johnny's identity, with Johnny's permission, I took one minute of audio, uploaded it to a a website that that I'll tell you about in a minute, and then basically said, okay, here it is, upload it, clone this voice, and then it gives you a text box and says, okay, what do you want her to say? And I decided to use, you you know, Johnny... You know, clearly is Sugar Hill Gang. So. Yeah. I never sounded more white than I do on that. <laughs> and uh, let me give you one more example. Uh, and, uh, Andrew, this will be SK Crypto. 
Now, those of you who've been listening to us for a long time know that I have celiac brew, celiac disease, a complete intolerance to gluten. I can't get anywhere near gluten. This is what Patrick had AI make me say. I have a secret. I haven't told anyone this yet, but I love gluten. Can't get enough of the stuff. I actually sold all of my guitars so that I could buy even more gluten. And that is why I am excited to announce my new cryptocurrency, Gluten Coin. Wow. I didn't say one word of that. Wow. And the crazy thing is, the inflection is the way we would read these things. Yep. Yes. Because we've had voice recognition software for some, some time, and I think we could always guess that it really wasn't the person. It just wasn't that <laughs> slick. Nowadays, with all of our voices out there on the Internet, this software can make it sound just like us with all of the inflection. When I was rapping, I thought that's exactly how I would read those lyrics. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, and again, this wasn't me taking hours and hours and hours of, yes. of recordings of your voice. If anybody used Dragon Naturally Speaking back in the day, right. you'd have to teach it for about an hour on just how to speak and say different things. This was me taking just a random, it doesn't even matter what you're saying, one minute of audio, uploading it to the website, and Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow is right. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that many times in the past week since you, you made these examples, and it always makes a hair stand up on my arms because I'm like, no, yeah. we've never, Steve would never say those words. Nope. <laughs> okay, now that we hopefully have piqued your interest, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to tell you some things you can do, why we're concerned about this, and what you need to do to protect yourself. And, and the solution to protecting yourself really is simple. So more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go, now that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And let me tell you right now, Johnny didn't say a word of what you just heard. We're talking about AI voice, voice cloning. cloning. Patrick Crispin is joining us, and uh, Patrick, again, it, it took you less time to put that together than uh, what than we've been talking. Now, you you told yeah. the the software that a scene from the movie Taken, where Liam Neeson is talking. So that's what I did, right? I, I literally just cut and paste pasted the the, the text. Pasted it in this text box, and, and really, the, the website I visited, I, I'll tell you about it. It's called Eleven Labs. You spell out the word eleven, e l e v e n l a b s dot i o, and you sign up for an account um, to be able to clone somebody else's voice. Again, you have to have permission, and they do require you to pay. Um, it's five dollars a month, and actually, they'll give it. You can get it for a dollar uh, for the first month, wow. and you then basically upload an audio file, 
and there's a text box there that says, okay, put in, you know, what do you want this person to say? And, and it then creates the audio file, which you could download as an MP3. So it's a, it's a really cool tool. While you're, you're thinking about this, and I know a lot of people listening to this going, well, why would you have this? This, this doesn't make any sense. This, I can't think of any legitimate reason oh. to have this. We were just There's talking actually, off the air about one of the things that really concerns us is radio stations. Yeah. Music radios. Yeah. There, there's been a lot of buzz uh, among the the radio community on social media about radio stations getting rid of people and just using this we, kind we of technology yeah. to say, well, here's our disc jockey introducing uh, Stevie Nicks' latest record or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But on the positive side, there are some positives to this. There are people who have lost their voice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Stephen Hawking was a good example, and he had that really terrible AI voice or, you know, and imagine being able to see or hear something in his voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're now at that stage. Waze allows you to go in and customize the turn-by-turn directions to have your voice or somebody else's voice. Imagine being able to do that with, like, a minute worth of audio where you're not doing directions you're just saying you're a regular conversation and it uploads it and creates that mm-hmm. if you're a small business owner you can have your phone tree right. be in your voice without you having to record any of those mm-hmm. things so uh, there are benefits to this thing but there are concerns and the concerns are it's relatively simple now for somebody to spoof your voice and then use that for nefarious purposes mm-hmm. to then say hi grandma it's your grandson. I'm in jail. I need you to go get me some gift cards so that I can get out of jail. And it's going to sound just like your grandkid. Right. right. Um, you could have it be where your boss is saying, hey, I need you. I need your password. We've got some problems with security. Oh, I know we don't ask yep. for this, but oh I need gosh. you to give me your password. I'll tell you when you get it, when you can get it back. I actually did that with our CIO again with his permission. Um, in a meeting on, on uh, a Wednesday and demonstrated this to, to the Committee on Information Services. So it's a concern. So How do you th- – go ahead. I was going to say, so, so that's the downside. And, and you can bet, uh, bet the ranch some people are thinking of using this technology in that way. So yep. how do you combat it? I love what Patrick and Christine came up with. It is so simple. And Patrick, you want to lay it on us? It is basically have a secret keyword that you tell to your loved ones. And if somebody is actually, you know, calling you and you like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. What's the keyword? And it's not something that's written down. It's not something that somebody would be able to search the internet for. It's not something that you would consider to be a security question that you've asked before. But some sort of keyword or key phrase that you share with your family members so that when they're when they call you and you say, okay, but verify that you're really you. Mm-hmm. Give me this keyword. But I not would give say me a security number, not give you our driver's license, give me the keyword. Mm-hmm. But I would and, say do not share this keyword through social media. No, no, no. Share this keyword in person. You don't yeah. put this anywhere. Yep. You you say to the person's face. Not, I don't think in most cases, not even over the phone. What do you think? Right. 
Uh, unless you have a secure telephone line, yeah. I, yeah. I would basically say face-to-face, this is the keyword. Christine and I have one, so that mm-hmm. if I ever call her and say, hey, Christine, I'm in jail. I've never been in prison. Um, and, you know, I need you to go and, and send me some money right now. Her first reaction is going to be okay. What's the, what's the secret word? Right, right. And and I think a lot of us are familiar with the scams where elderly people have been called and been told oh, that yes. we. You know, I shouldn't say just elderly people because we have a good friend who, in his fifties, running a restaurant, yep. got a call from a quote unquote jail where his chef was being held and he said he was standing in line to get the cashier's check to send to get his chef out of jail when he decided to call the house and found out that he was in the garden working and he said wow i did i feel stupid but it was everything was happening so fast and it was so intense and i just didn't want anything bad to happen to him so i did something stupid or almost did and could i suggest too also if you have relatives and some of them may be of an older age and they don't have don't care about don't want computer technology make them aware of this yes and share a safe word with them because someone who is older who doesn't know or care about computer technology they get a call from their granddaughter saying i'm being held "I'm, i'm being held can you go to the bank? Can you get X number of dollars? Blah, 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 blah. No. Make sure that tell them about this and come up with a safe word. And Patrick, I, I that was so chilling when you said the call from the boss. It's a quick call. I only have a second. I need your password. I got to get in here. Yes. We can't have this meeting unless you give me that password. Come on, I'll explain it to you when you get to work. And that's Whoa. really one of the things that a lot of these people operate on get you as stressed as possible so you're going to not think it through you're going to react quickly and you go yeah let me let me give you the information here's my credit card here's blah 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 blah. slow down pause safe word yep although i did in in the meeting with the cio i did say uh to his administrative assistant that she needed to buy me a lamborghini um (laughs) still waiting for that (laughs) (laughs) but now you've said a couple of times you should get a person's uh, permission before you use their voice before you demonstrate this absolutely but uh, what happens to someone if they if, if if i say patrick he cloned my voice i'm really angry about that i would never say those stupid things what, what are the cloning police going to come out and get you i i just don't know what we're going to do and heaven we're help still, us if congress yeah. tries to address this yes. oh lord yeah we're still in the early days of what's going to happen with with what's called deep fakes uh the laws haven't caught up yet so yeah. we kind of need to be aware of it and just yeah it, it's it's an interesting scary time but yeah just just be aware that it is very possible for somebody to clone your voice Fortunately, banks are now getting to the point where they're going to be deploying technology that can de- can detect whether something is a real person what? or AI, and then eventually that's going to be rolling out to the rest of us. But we're still months and years away from that being with us, because it actually is. A, a computer can tell if, it, if it's another computer. Mm-hmm. Humans have a hard time telling if it's a computer or a human. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- how could a computer tell? If something was a real, uh, like if I had actually said something, but if it was being fed through the computer by another computer, 
How would the computer know? I don't understand that. Basically, it it does an algorithmic analysis of the speech pattern, but also there's going to be artifacts that show up in in a human voice that might not necessarily show up in a computer voice. And the computer voice is going to have its own unique artifacts that wouldn't show up in a human voice. Okay, my I know. my gray matter is melting right now. I don't understand yeah, this. Is, this is really complicated. Stuff. Let's just say it's, it's, computers can tell computers apart. Yeah, uh, and let's go back uh, to Christmas. If they uh, want to. Yes. Uh, back around Christmas, I remember you saying uh, this whole business of artificial intelligence is going to change our world. I remember in January yes. when you joined us on our first show, you said we need to talk about this. This is as big in our world as when we first became aware of the internet and i i scoffed at that and then i started listening to you and i went whoa this really is big and it's happening it seems to be moving so fast am i right that it seems to be developing like crazy it is going incredibly fast and we haven't even talked about what's going on with visual imagery and the stuff that's going on with dolly and stable diffusion and mid-journey some amazing stuff. And then next week, apparently, Microsoft is releasing uh, GPT-4, ChatGPT-4, which supposedly does audio, video, and words. Stop. All at the same time. Wow. So, so we're going to have to do lots of follow-ups on this, but I'm, yes. hitting, I'm hitting the pause button and asking, can you stick with us through the news? Because... There was this little story that happened involving <laughs> banks on uh, your side of the planet, and we'd like to touch on that for a second. So can you hang with us? Happy to do it. Thank you. Absolutely. Stay with us. More coming up at WGN. Yeah, a lot of cash that uh, ain't going back to the people who put it in a bank out on the left coast. Boy, it's a sad story. It's the Silicon Valley Bank. You've heard in the last 48 hours about SVB collapsing. And some of the stories that we've seen of people who have their businesses and millions millions of of dollars dollars tied up. And now they're finding out that if they're lucky, they're going to get some of their money back. Patrick, we wanted to spend a few minutes talking about this because Gabe had a story earlier about bonuses being given out for work that was done last year. And the timing of it just stinks because those bonuses were apparently scheduled to come out on Friday, the very same day that the bank collapsed. So what does the, the average Joe think, especially if you're one of the people with money in that bank? Oh, wait a minute. They knew this was going to happen, so they gave out money. Just well, to, Don't forget the CEO sold some shares this week yes. and a couple other board members sold shares this week. So, yeah, so this is the 16th largest bank in the United States of America. Um, it's the biggest one in the fall since... 2008, last big one um, of this size, and actually a little bar- bigger, was Washington Mutual. Um, the thing is, banks fail. Since 2008, there have been over 500 bank failures. Um, it just happens. Mm-hmm. What happens with a big bank like this, it very rarely fails. And it's getting a lot of people kind of concerned and going uh what's going on one of the things that that i was going to say one of the things that uh i guess i shouldn't have been surprised at but i was is that europe 
the banking community in Europe is reacting to this and very concerned about it. It is a global issue. Do you remember the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the bank run? Yeah, Basically, sure. George, right. George Bailey got married, yep. and then all the people showed up to the bank and said, "Hey, can I get my money bank and money back?" And George Bailey had the money's not here. Hey, I, the money's in his house and his house. Remember, we you gave us the money and then we mm-hmm. loaned it out. And all, well, that's kind of what happened with SVB um, during the pandemic. SVB made just a bunch of money. They had about $200 billion um, in, in just deposits. They started before the pandemic with about 60. So during the pandemic, Silicon Valley was just going great. Everybody's putting money in the bank. And then the banker said, well, we've got all this money. We don't want to sit on this cash. That's kind of stupid. Let's go invest it. And they put it in really, really, really safe investments. They bought treasury securities. They bought uh, government-backed mortgage securities. And when you hear mortgage securities, don't get scared. This year, these are legitimate. So this isn't like what happened in 2008 where they were doing just garbage bets. Mm-hmm. These are really safe bets. The problem is that these were long-term bets. These were bets where you have bonds that have like a three-year maturity rate or a 10-year maturity rate. Meanwhile, you've got deposits that have to be paid immediately if somebody asks for all their money. So that's that's problem number one. So you basically have what's called mismatch durations, where you're investing long. You've got these long securities that you bought, but you're investing, the people who put your money in the bank could go and get their money back immediately, and then you have to go sell things. What really pushed them over the edge, or certainly one of the things, besides their inability to hedge their books about interest rate risk, was... They, well, for 13 years, our bond markets, basically, the 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 interest rate in the United States of America was pretty much nothing, next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we've all known and been following for the last year where the, the interest rates have jumped from 25 basis points, 0.25, up to 4.75 in one year. So all those old bonds that the folks at SVB bought years ago that were priced based on maybe I get 1% a year are mm. now, they have to sell them at a loss right. to be able to say, okay, I, I what was $100, I have to sell it 96 cents on a dollars because somebody else can go out and, and buy a new bond that's going to pay them more. So I'm going to eat the loss. And what happened is earlier this week, the folks at SVB basically announced, hey, we just sold $21 billion worth of these long bonds. Mm. We had to take a $1.8 billion loss. And that caused everybody to go, what? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Stop. Huh? You took a $1.8 billion loss on this? Now, again, it's you know 96 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. But it caused a lot of venture capitalists who were looking at this to call up all their companies who have they, they've invested in and said, yeah, I need you to get out of SVP right now. I need you to get out of this bank, close your account. And on Thursday, we had a classic bank run where, in effect, by the end of the day, $42 billion in deposits oh. just 
walked out the door mm-hmm. where people just said, I'm done. So you had a $200 billion bank that just went, lost you know, a, a good chunk of its reserves to the point where it was like, nope, we're we're insolvent. And the FDIC had to come in and, and take them over. And that's where we are right now. Mm. So the, the, the thing that you're hearing about a lot on the news is FDIC insurance, the Federal Depository Insurance Co- Corporation, only insures deposits up to $250,000. So if you're a person, chances are you don't have more than $250,000 right. in the bank. If you do, congratulations. But If you're a startup or, or a company or you have a big company with payroll, mm-hmm. you could have millions or even billions of dollars in this bank. Circle has $3.3 billion in this bank. They're insured for $250,000. There was a woman that we saw on the news. Uh, she she owns the business, uh, but she was talking about just what you said, only $250,000 insured, and she had something like $10 million, million dollars. in the bank. And she said, basically, my business is gone. Roblox has $3 yep. billion dollars cash and yes. securities. Three billion. Vimeo is involved in this. Etsy's involved. Going what? Where's our money? Roku's going. I, I, we don't think we can. We can pay our people. <laughs> this is really crazy. And do we think that this is going to ultimately, like in two thousand eight, come down and affect those of us who have nothing to do with the bank? Hopefully not. One of two things is going to happen. We'll know something first thing Monday morning, but. My guess is right now, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, has contacted Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase and Brian Moynihan from Bank of America and Jane Frazier from Citigroup and uh, oh, who's the CEO of Goldman, uh, David Solomon, and said, hey, I've got a really nice bank here. Mm-hmm. Make me an offer. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to let you take this bank and put it under your umbrella and We'll cover a, a small part of you know the, the four cents on the dollar that you're going to lose because um, this bank still has assets, it still has depositors, it still has money. It, this is not like the money's gone or that houses are worthless like in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a bargain for one of the big uh, systemically important banks to come in and overnight become the player in Silicon Valley. Wow. Because this is a bank, if you are, if you're starting up a company, mm-hmm. you use this bank because it's, it's just specifically mm-hmm. tailored for startups right. and for, for, for companies. So that's my hope of what happens yeah. is come Monday morning, you're going to hear one of the four big banks say, guess what? We've taken over Silicon Valley bank. Mm-hmm. It's now going to be Silicon Valley Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, all the people have deposits here. Congratulations, you're going to be made whole. You don't have to worry about it. Wow, that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Well, our worst hope case is scenario. Yeah. <laughs> worst case scenario. Yeah, worst, worst case scenario is you're covered for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Here is a receivership certificate. Oof. We'll get you as much as we can get back in the next six months. That's devastating. If yeah. that happens, you're going to see runs on banks. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Wow. But, uh, our our um, best hope is that your best case scenario is the one is, that uh, yeah, we'll I comes through. Going on. I, it's, I think it hope. Okay. I, I, it has to. Yeah, you're right. It has to. <laughs> Fingers and toes crossed. It has to. Patrick, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us tonight. You know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we've covered a lot of good stuff tonight. Yeah. So, folks, if, you, if you're if you just tuning into this, you'll have to catch the podcast later on Sunday. Uh, and do, because there's things that you need to hang on to that we talked about tonight. Patrick, thank thanks you. a bunch. Appreciate it. Talk Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we got to take a break. Before we take a break... Oh, we need flick the lights. Uh, we're going to flick the lights. We mm-hmm. need the the last caller. Mm-hmm. So give us a buzz now if you would like to be our last call at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We're going to take a break, and uh, you can call three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred, and we will take the last call. The last call get some goodies from our prize closet, and uh, we'll see what happens. As you're uh, heading out, uh, keep in mind that we're closing up at 2 o'clock, but by the time you hit the door, it's 3 o'clock. I actually used to like this night when I was working in a restaurant or in a bar because you got, yeah, because closing time for us was 3 o'clock. You just shove them out the door at 2 o'clock because it's technically 3 o'clock, so get on out of here. (laughs) Well, we took a bank of phone calls at 312-981-7200. And Andrew, our producer, tells us that we have X number of calls, and we pick a number. That way, we feel that it's fairer than saying the first one in or the last one in or whatever. So we chose line three. So let's say good morning to line three. And that would be Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Hello there. Hey, Jim. Where are you calling from? Uh, Aurora. Oh, Oh, yay. My old stomping grounds. Really? Yeah. I spent many years at WAUR and WMRO out on Eola Road in Aurora. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. I lived on Wilder right across the street from the dairy bar that was there. They had a pay phone outside. I couldn't afford a phone, so I had to go across the street and stand in the parking lot of the dairy bar to make my phone calls. <laughs> oh, wow. I've only been out here... Uh... July will be one year because I used to live in Glendale Heights. Oh wow! Glendale. Yeah, yeah. But what, what, I, what are you doing up at this hour of the morning? Listen to you. I used to listen to you guys for years. I love your program. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you. Well, tell me, were it's, you were you freaked I, out about that I, whole that voice cloning thing that we talked about? I I'm not sure about that, but I, I I'll tell you one that that bit I was really getting when when they were playing that. Um, who was it, Diane Carroll or someone that was laughing? Oh, please, Diane. Getting- don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Wait, let, Jim, hold I'm, on. No, do do no, not what? play it. If no, you play I'm, it, I'm you're walking sure. home. I, I just want to make sure <laughs> that, uh, were you talking about this? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I saw it coming. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't going to play it, I was, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I know it. Because... Every time you guys play it, I literally leap up out of the chair. I'm like, oh, 
Because I don't have any want, of these buttons to, well, anyway. I want that as my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, that would be a wonderful ringtone. <laughs> and when you're in the grocery store and it happens, people will move away from you. Like, you're a really weird person. Wow. We're, remember, Steve, we went to a White Castle one morning. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. Honest to God, Jim. And a guy, empty oh, parking lot. Th- he pulls was- in so close to us, I could reach out and touch him in the other car and i'll tell you exactly where this was uh we were going to see we got off the air at five o'clock my mom was in a nursing home she was in the uh lansing uh hammond whiting uh nursing Nursing home home. so we get off the air at five o'clock we're driving out there at about six o'clock we went to the white castle on 160 159th and uh was it county matter i think it's the only one out there but and, there was not another car in the parking lot and this guy he comes down we could hear him uh from blocks away he, and he pulls in right next to us he's got this car with all of these weird things attached like horns and but, uh and antlers and things his and sound car effects barked the yes. whole time he sat next to us yes literally i could lower my window and reach out and touch the man not another car in the parking lot he parks his freaking barking car right next to us i mean it's- just imagine sitting in a white castle and the car next to you is going <laughs> <laughs> and and frankly, we were afraid to say anything to him. We were afraid to move. We were afraid. The to man be- has a barking car. Do we want to go over and engage with this human being? I don't think so. We sat there and said, if we leave, he will be offended and you may come after us. So there we were gingerly having our sliders and hoping that the barking car dude wasn't going to get crazy and attack us. <laughs> and for anyone out oh. there that has a family member with a barking car, it's weird. Okay. <laughs> no. Are you there, Jim? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. You just went underwater there for a second. I thought, uh oh, now weird things are happening here. Oh. Uh, you guys just keep me in stitches the whole time. Oh, I just thank you for I, listening. I, I used to I used to have to drive a lot and, and listen to you guys and I was just always amazed at all your great programming and now that you guys came back for these Saturdays it's just it's just amazing. I love oh, it because Thank you. I, I just I'm not really I'm really unfortunately not pleased with like the overnight programming otherwise. Yeah. I just I just I, do I, it. everything I mean, every subject is interesting and you guys laugh and make <laughs> me laugh and, and it's great. Well, well that, thank you. That's our goal, too, on Saturday nights. I know there's a lot of serious stuff going on, but we said when we come in here on Saturday night, we're going to give you a little uh, a little place to come where we're like hanging at your house, and we're just going to have a little snack. We're going to talk and have, have fun. And obviously, if there is any major serious breaking story that happens, we're going to jump on it. Yeah. But for the most part, oh, yeah. we're here to make let everybody just chill out for yeah. a while. Yeah. Now, next week... Yeah. Jim, everybody, we want you to know there's a late hockey game. We only have a one-hour show next week. And boy, are we going to cram stuff into that one hour. (laughs) We are. But 
when we get to the great hockey team (laughs) when we get to the middle of april they will be done for the season and then we will be full from 9 to 2 a.m every saturday night but um next week it'll be one of our shorties you i'm so pleased you are going to be able to wear one of our retro wgn radio t-shirts we're going to get one of those out to you you can sport that around aurora as we used to say when i was in radio out there we don't need no stinking. We don't need Chicago. We don't need no stinking Chicago. We are Aurora. <laughs> and yeah. Jim, you're going to get your own desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. The 60 minutes. These are really men. cool. And you're going to get your very own. And thank you so much for listening. Nice to meet you, Jim. Thank you. Now, before we and Jim, hold on. We're going to get some information from you off the air. I'm going to do an audible. Uh, Andrew, can you dig up the uh, Delbert McClinton? And we only want to play the beginning. Just watch me, and I'll cue you when to uh, when to fade it down. But the Delbert McClinton going back to Indiana, uh, going back to Louisiana. Louisiana. And we're doing this because this is something that we used to do for years. At three o'clock in the morning, you would hear this. <laughs> You give me two more, Mr. Waiter, because you know I got, I got a whole lot on my mind. And that's as much as we would play of it, and we're playing that because, uh, in fact, we got to get Delbert on. It's been yeah. too long since we've talked to Delbert. But we're coming up on 2 o'clock, but by the time it gets to 2.01, it will be 3.01. So we just want to remind everybody, time change, yep. and and that is your excuse for Everything, everything for the next week. Yeah. Uh, the time change screwed me up. If you want to if you want to drink Pear William all day long, yeah. go ahead because you lost an hour. <laughs> yeah. You want to eat chocolate for breakfast, which I might do in just a few hours. Yeah. Do hours, minutes actually. Uh, do that because you've got an excuse. Yeah. So Two o'clock will be three o'clock. Some people asking, how can they get to us? You can uh, email us, and this really is our email address. Email us at steveandjohnny.com. It's that simple. You can follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash steveandjohnnyshow. And we'd really like it if you would start uh, hanging out with us on our blog, which is stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And we're mentioning our blog, and we're going to be mentioning it more and more, because frankly, Facebook every now and then becomes a little wonky, Mm -hmm. and Twitter is certainly wonky. So we're going to start segueing a lot of things over to our blog. If you would subscribe to our blog, we'd appreciate it. It doesn't cost you a thing. No. And the only thing that happens is whenever we do a new post on our blog, you will get an email saying, they did a new blog post, mm-hmm. but that's that's the extent of it. Yep. But so, what's it going to be when we get home? We've been during commercial breaks. What are we going to have? Pizza's a little too much. I said grilled yeah. cheese and tomato soup. Oh, Cajun rye toast. No, no. Look, you've annoyed me all night long with that damn laugh. I, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like the grilled cheese and tomato soup. Grilled can cheese and tomato house? soup. Can I come to your house, Gabe? <laughs> or can I send him to your house? And 
Okay, it's coming up on 2 o'clock, which means in uh, about 25 seconds, it's, it's going to be 3, three o'clock. o'clock. Um, we will talk to you for a, an hour next week at right. 1 a.m., but right now the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.